0: Oh Kendrick, knew that, that
1: was obvious.
0: Cole or Drake? Who Drake?
1: Um, yep. out, outcast or tribe?
2: Fuck!
0: <laughs> oh, why <laughs> would you do? Oh my God! Why the last thing you that came to your mind is bro. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, oh. I was hoping I'd die before I'd ever have to answer that question. <laughs>
2: Guys and welcome to a new edition of Don't Alert the Stands. You are here today with Ed McKenzie and Nick and Shopper, and we have a special guest today who Nick is going to introduce.
3: So we have the incredible Elijah Watson here from OK Player, fantastic, fantastic writer, one of the editors as well for Culture, and has all around been. Everywhere, every publication, Billboard. Do you want to just say your resume? Because you've been I, everywhere. I can just, just, just label them out. down. <laughs> noisy, just shout them all out.
0: Um, noisy, Complex, Fader, Billboard, mm. Hype Track, Hype Beast. Um, but home is okay player. Mm-hmm. Home is okay player. Yeah.
3: yeah, fantastic articles, which we're going to get
1: into later on. And yeah, but we'll go to Shoppe first. So, as always, we're going to all discuss what we've been listening to. ...this last week. So I have three... three here. And um... ...I'm gonna start off by piggybacking off... ...Nick... ...last week with Ari Lennox. Oh, oh! So after Nick discussed her last week... ...and I kind of just went down the rabbit hole... ...with her YouTube videos... ...because... ...yeah, I've been following her for a long time... ...and mm. then... ...Eden put one of his her videos in a group chat... ...and I was literally for like two hours... ...just going through all her old covers... <laughs> And I just like remembered like, yeah, this girl is fucking dope. And I'm just so happy that she's now being a bit more active releasing music. I think before this year, she had about anything in about two, three years, Nick?
3: Mm. Yeah. That
1: was when the EP came out, right? Like 2015, 2015? Yeah, that's when
3: she was on Dreamville and yeah. in her introduction. So
1: um, I've just kind of been listening to pretty much her entire catalog, really. I can't really even, even say a specific song I can, but. <laughs> There's been quite a few. I know a bunch of her music that came out before she was signed to Dreamville. And I just think she's um pretty damn amazing. And I just love that she kind of is like the best part of so many of my favorite old school singers. So like, when I want to hear her, I hear Tweet. I hear Patrice Russian. I hear Tidra Moses. Mm-hmm. I hear Etta James, Minnie Riperton. And like, I'm the biggest Minnie Riperton fan. She just gives me that vibe. Like the... um Maybe this love, I have that kind of vibe. Like... And she's just very vintage, very throwback. And her voice is just ridiculous, like very agile. It's kind of elastic and her phrasing. Yeah, she's just pretty amazing. And I really want her to win. I really hope that she can kind of become what says it's TDE. I hope she can become that for Dreamville. I yeah. really hope. Mm-hmm. So without further ado, I'm just going to name some songs that I've been listening to. So um, Tie Me Down, Unwanted, Whipped Cream, Grandpa and La 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 Land. And I'm gonna shout out, Time Down especially, cause her vocal delivery on that is just, it just really harkens to those old blues singers like yeah. Etta James and Ruth Brown. Like it's very raspy and very, back then when singers, like it kind of like almost like early rock and roll Teen Eternities like where you could like belt and it wasn't like so controlled, it was kind of raspy and unapologetically loud, but it's not so <laughs> overbearing. And then, yeah, she's just very and a very emotive singer. So that's Ari Lennox. Check her out. Check out the further EP. She, I believe she's a project coming out later at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, amazing. And secondly, we have Serpent with Feet.
2: Mm. What? No, sorry. It just reminded me of something. Me and my brother have this thing about whenever we see him, it's just like his image just kind of scares me a bit. You know the whole yeah, he over has the top. Dumb, yeah,
1: has a, is, yeah, his aesthetic is quite um, interesting. Scares me, man. But um, <laughs> no, whenever no, no, no. someone talks about him, I'm like, oh, <laughs> everyone relax, like relax. <laughs> and then his name, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but yeah, so um, he's someone that I got into the beginning of the year, and people may know of him. Like he's recently been featured on Brockhampton's last album mm. and Kennila's remix album. Yeah. So I've been spending time with his debut album, Soil, which came out around March, April, mm. I believe. And um, he's someone where genre was. I can't really categorize him. Like, there's so many different, like, sonic patterns and soundscapes which he comes from. But I guess I would put him in, I guess, indie alternative. But if we're going like, to go for term, um, actual terms, dream pop or baroque pop so like i would say if you're a fan of like fiona apple or bjork or even like moses sumney with florence and the machine he's your kind of your kind of your vibe but vocally he's very much from the school of like your classic r&b and gospel singer so like vocally like he's like a cousin of like your Brandys and your kim burrells which i think is just a nice juxtaposition you don't really like so i said fiona apple and bjork So you can't think of... You think of those artists and you think of, like, a brandy S kind of vocal. Yeah. But he does it so well. And then the production is, like, very minimalist. It's kind of, like, orchestral. And he comes from a church background. And what I like about that, there is, like, the... A lot of the elements from, like, choral music and gospel music are there. So, like, you know, a lot of call and repeat. The way he lays his his vocals and his harmonies are... Yeah, it's very well thought out and very um, detailed. So... What else was I going to say? I have wrote some notes, actually. And um, yeah, and I think what I got the most is that lyrically kind of subverts like a, a bunch of Christian and biblical tropes to talk about being um, a queer black man and love and subverting religion. So um, yeah, that's Serpent With Feet. And my favorite songs from that are Messy, Fragrant, Wrong Tree, and Bless Your Heart. So yeah, check him out. He's one of my favorite albums of the year, probably. Like, I really, really, really like him. And then lastly, we have Puma Blue, he's a a UK musician, and um, he's also another one where I can't really categorize him, but he has a bunch of different influences, so like there's like jazz there, there's punk there, neo-soul, electric blues, and you're like, every time I hear, I hear D'Angelo, I hear Jeff Buckley, I hear like bunch of jazz guitarists because we kind of think about jazz being like you know the big brass instruments mm. and saxophones but like jazz guitarists are like freddie green and Definitely. george benson and um yeah he's just got he really knows how to really um fluidly pilot both classic and contemporary terrain because it's kind of like it's very much in the now but there's like an unmistakable vintage feel to him too and um what i like about him is that um if you listen to the recordings of all his music, oh by the way, sorry, the EP is called Blood Loss. <laughs> I'm just talking about him, but yeah. So he he's released a second EP called Blood Loss, which came out about three weeks ago now. And what I like about him is that the sound quality is like very like dusky. It's kind of like it was recorded in a basement. Yeah. It's not like clear, clear sound, and that's something that's kind of been a common thread throughout all his projects. And I really like that about him. It kind of works with his voice because his voice he kind of sings with a bit of a draw. It's somewhat androgynous and very delicate Mm. and um yeah he's he's amazing and i think musically like he's just like the consummate musician like writer producer um great singer and i really can't wait to see how he grows i think he's definitely one of the uk's best hidden secrets like i would i need to see him need to see him live he's incredible and like i said like all those genres in one, so like indie rock, neo-soul, punk, but it's all very cohesive and kind of, it kind of works. It doesn't seem so idiosyncratic or all over the place. So check out Puma Blue, Blood Loss, and my favourite songs from that are Midnight Blue, Bruise Cruise, Lust, and BC Lift. And I have to mention this. So here's a song called Moon Underwater, which I think was supposed to be when the EP took it off, but... That's one of the best songs of 2018. I don't give a fuck. You can debate me if you want to. That song is spectacular. And I remember I sent it to Eden when it came out early in the, like, around March time. Like, so check that out too. Moon Underwater. It's a fucking incredible song.
2: What happened to that, actually? There was a time, obviously, before the podcast and everything, which I said, I said something to Chope And for, like, two weeks straight, he would just send me different songs and he would check up with me and be like, have you listened to this yet? Followed by a meme, like why haven't you listened to it yet? It would just be something that would go on for like <laughs> days and days. Like if I didn't listen to it on Monday, he'll be on me on like Tuesday. Like, okay, so what did you think of the song? Meme, or <laughs> Wednesday, what did you think of the song? What happened to that?
1: Well, we, we started a podcast. Ah, so that's what happened We do we do it <laughs> <Yeah>. So, so <laughs> whatever uh, so I'm listening to, I'm discussing it here. <laughs> <laughs> but um, pressure. Yeah, so that's my recommendation. So yeah, Ari Lennox, Puma Blue, Supping with Feet, that's me. Elijah.
0: Okay. Um, what have you been listening to the last to seven follow. days? Um, the last seven days, so um, the first one I have to acknowledge is Keys, 777, 777. Um He's a rapper out of Atlanta, mm. kind of came up with the whole Awful Records crew. Um, 777 to me has just been really cohesive and very strong I think Kenny beats is one of the more interesting producers to come out in maybe the last two years yeah. he's just really helped bring identity and like um just kind of a um just a, a wholeness to Kenny, I mean, um, Key, as well as Rico Nasty, who he, mm-hmm. he produced, as well as Vince Staples, he pr- he mm. produced, like, most of FM as well. But K- Key, to me, is really fascinating because you can just tell that there's been this really nice growth um, from his beginning up until now. The songs, the hooks are just, like, really well done. The rhymes are great. But it's also just his voice. Like, he, he, Kenny has really pushed something within him. I don't know if it was because the beat selection or them just working so close together, Mm -hmm. but you can tell just because of how cohesive the album is. And it's very engaging for being a relatively short album. I think it's only maybe about like 34, 35 minutes. And from that album, I would say hater and love on ice are two of my favorites. I really like love on ice. It kind of reminds me of, I love like more of like lo fi emo rap, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, him. Do you mind if so, I ask you a question quickly? Yeah, yeah of course. So you mentioned Vi- um, Vince Staples
2: just a minute ago. And yes. last week we had a conversation about why he streams so badly. Um, mm-hmm. And we didn't really understand the kind of conundrum of why he... No, I understood. Okay, so <laughs> um, is it fair for me to say that um, Nick and I, we didn't really understand. He's kind of a conundrum in the, in the rap scene right now, why he streams quite badly. I feel like they got it too. <laughs> okay, so I, okay, <laughs> I, I feel like it was so, just you, so, me, <laughs> and it's to an
3: answer, no, I'm joking, I feel like, yeah, I feel, I think there's a combination of factors, I yeah. think there's a combination, but I just, I'd like to hear your perspective on Vince Staples <laughs> and why you think he doesn't, he's not in the position where we all know lyrically he is, like, um, getting the recognition that he kind of deserves to get, like, where do you, why do you think his position is so fluctuant right now?
0: Hmm, I think he's he's a good rapper. He's a very good rapper. So when I say, when I follow that up with that, he's mid tier. I say that in this sense of streaming, like, you know, yeah, in terms of, yeah, yeah, commercial kind of profitability. But I think it's also just how he considers himself. He's very low key. He's talked about, you know, he, he never really imagined that he'd have a career doing this. And he just, likes to navigate and function as a regular person. Mm. And I think that that reflects like he makes good music like that. Those, those two things him wanting to be a regular person doesn't denote or undermine how good the music is. He just, he makes what he feels is good music and objectively it is, but he's not a commercial pop rapper. Mm. (laughs) He doesn't do that. So I don't, you know, so it doesn't surprise me that he's not streaming Crazy, but he does have a fan base that he knows he resonates with yeah. because he's still making money, mm-hmm. okay. still touring. Hence why exactly touring,
3: he's still quite lucrative. He's exactly. still quite
1: lucrative. Artist. and I feel he actually is happy where he is. I think we as fans or consumers may think that some of these artists want to be bigger than they are, but mm. I think we need to realize that some artists actually are perfectly fine. Oh no, the positions yeah, positions they're in. yeah. But for like,
2: background the reason i said that and the reason we said this last week whether we remember it or not is because he was streaming about 17 to 18k and i wasn't on. surprised at mm. that. yeah
3: the reason i said it the reason i brought it up is because i want him to get the praise he deserves yeah. that's what that's what it is as a fan like stoppage just kind of said from a fan perspective i've been following vince from ages and i've listened to all his tapes all his albums all of that and i've been like he does he deserves he's more yeah. than qualifies to be in that mm. higher and discussion, more than discussion. and he's more than capable but you know what you raised the fact he is low-key he is he, do- he doesn't he just doesn't give a fuck like and mm. he makes statements that he really doesn't give a fuck and if he was at a higher stature he'd probably get slandered by he'd get called out on every interview for and all that but he literally doesn't give a fuck he's pro-black as fuck like mm. that's not that doesn't kind of go with mainstream and being a mainstream rapper and continuously being a mainstream. Okay. Rapper. Yeah. Mm, I, don't I don't know, know about, about that. that. Well, <laughs> well I think y- pro, the safe Pro Black does, but the Pro Black that he's trying to tweet about every single day does not go with the mainstream at I all. I mean to be if fair. Kendrick J- said some of Jay his
2: statements... J. Cole tweets about pro black things all the time. Um
3: so J. Really, Cole really in the, the, in the in the same confidence level as Vince Staples, in the same with the same passion. There's, I would
1: I don't say so. Think so. I would say J. Cole does. Wait
0: listen, I, I would say that there's there isn't a filter with staples yeah like j cole kendrick there kind of has to be uh, like there, there, yeah, yeah, yeah there's it. it's a safe it's a safe commentary yeah like enough to where it's like don't forget i'm black mm-hmm. but you know what i'm gonna be inclusive
2: yeah we but.
3: still come into your show. So yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so it's mean, yeah.
2: due to the fact that vince staples tweets more because they they kind of tweet sporadically like you'll mm-hmm. get a tweet Does from kendrick cole. tweet? Not very I don't follow <laughs> if like you don't, once a year yeah maybe yeah. twice a year yeah. A so that every six months, or, yeah that's yeah, yeah, my yeah. Yeah. point it comes out in the music for Kendrick and j Cole tweets sporadically he whenever he releases a new song usually seems to tweet a lot more around then but and even Vince if he's in Staples
1: see his shows j Cole when he's performing in between songs he's of very course first. his commentary yeah. no uh, he is least. very vocal, I, I think, but I
3: think it's the way in which Vince would do it to. How would J. Cole would do it. Like, Vince Staples would say to his fans, any white people here, blah, 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 don't be saying this. J. Cole and Kendrick wouldn't... Kendrick did with it. With as much... I was just thinking about that. But in the same... In the same... I don't know. I think it's what you're saying. No filter and, like, the punchiness of it. Like, but we Hill know why he has yeah. punchiness no filter. Of it. Yeah.
1: Vince Staples has no filter because he doesn't have the same demands of a Kendrick Corrupt. And player. that's my point. And, yeah. I was
3: saying if he was in that position, that's why I'm saying he isn't in that... One of the reasons he isn't in that factor because if he was... And he said those kind of things Be over real quick Do you know what I mean? Yeah So I think you're you're, You make some valid points About Vince I think Yeah I think he does want to be low key And he just operates In his own little bubble And he's happy I think he's happy with that He's happy with that And I think he's very He's very secure That he's talented as fuck And he's content with I, just, I don't want to be out in like terms that, of
1: monetary right. value. Like I'm sure he's living well. The tours are great. Well, they yeah. sell out all the time. <laughs> yeah. right. the tours, he's okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm
3: sure his family's good. Yeah, the album sounded very good. Yeah. so he's got the okay. financial realms to do that. And yeah. you have two
0: more listens. So what are you listen? Oh yes. Um, number two would be this rapper out of. Is he out of Compton? I know he's 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 out of California. He's called Blueface, and he has a song called "Respect My Crippin and I love it also because a lot of people have made a meme about how he doesn't rap on time but the fact of the matter is that he does it's just a very and it's really fascinating like a lot of people who aren't really knowledgeable about rap think that he's this new kind of occurrence but really that's kind of a bay area california thing to kind of be trying to fit so many words and syllables into one phrase into mm. the beat you know like Silk the Shocker has done it E40 early E40 especially has done it so it's really interesting just to kind of see this very regional rapper in this kind of post-regional world of rap kind of come back and offer that and I guess to, to a degree put a refreshing take on it for like new audiences and new mm. fans I really enjoy him. And lastly, my homie Liv L I V dot E. She has a great EP. I need to remember the name of it though. It is Hoop Dreams. And I've it, it was low-key the first year, earlier this year for me, but then I began to listen to it. It just started to recur a lot more. And she has this great song on there called Plotin. And it's just she's just it's She's how would I put it? Maybe like a lo-fi ish Erica Badu or Georgia Ann muldrow Just like she has just that kind of like, you know, her she's also from Dallas, so that Erica Badu connection is kind of interconnected just based upon being from the same place. But there's yeah, there's just this kind of like deep rooted, you know. Shoes off stinky funk mm. <laughs> but like good you know like a good <laughs> oh. kind of, like that good kind of funk where it like it feels kind of improvisational but there's intention behind it there's soul behind it and it it just it feels really good it kind of even makes me think of like mf doom's mad villainy because it's like snippets like the songs i don't think any of the songs are more than two minutes it's kind of just a feeling in a moment but it's it's been something that I've been replaying a lot more, especially the colder it's been getting. It's like a very good project to listen to during the cold. So okay. plotting, hoop dreams, live, L I V dot E. Cool.
2: Nice selections. Nick. So um
3: this week I've listened to Jazz Cartier number one, I've spoken to him about him before, Canadian rapper one of the next ones coming out of the scene um, from the door that Drake opened, signed to Universal, and he released his deluxe edition of Florever, which is his debut album, which was released earlier this year. One of the tracks on that album was... It's one of the new tracks because um, artists don't tend to release deluxe editions of albums as much anymore, but he released four extra tracks, which made the total 20 songs. But Koozie Relax is undoubtedly one of the best songs i've heard on his album generally and i actually tweeted out and he um retweeted it it was kind of like why are all the best songs on the deluxe edition um this one kind of played with reverb a lot and changed his vocals up a bit like he changed the auto tune to make it more palatable for the songs like because on all the other songs it kind of felt like the autune tune was more forced with the production and it kind of grated against the production but with this song it kind of intertwined quite well and it was kind of a smoother listen than the rest of the records but i just really loved how he played the ambient vibes of the record he played around with his flow as well a lot which kind of helped show his diversity like because in terms of he's kind of like Not a mumble rapper, but he plays with those production soundscapes a lot. So a lot of people doubt his credibility as a rapper. But I liked how lyrical he was in this song. And he's just, he keeps it really chilled, but then gives you that fire at the end of the songs. Like when he tends to... Go for it lyrically, it's towards the end of the record just to show, you yeah, I still got it. So that was Jazz Cartier and I, I'd highly suggest the deluxe edition of the album because the last four songs are all really good and they really sync well together. It's kind of like he's gearing up for a new project, it sounds like, because they all sonically sound a bit different to the rest of the album. I'd also say that this is one of the best albums of the year in rap for me, Nipsey Hustle. Um, I actually... Kept forgetting about it and my music listens. But then when I'd go home, I'd be like, why did I mention, didn't I mention this? So I played it again this week just to clarify that I thought it was one of the best albums. And it did because he's released so many mixtapes. He's been on the scene for years without really having a lot of music to show for it. But he's had that street credibility, particularly in um, L.A. and um, California in general. And I really just F with the album. Like it really brings that California vibe, the West Coast. Really, I heard a lot of Snoop in the productions there. I heard a lot of um, Kendrick, a bit of Kendrick soundscapes there too, a bit of Schoolboy Q as well. I think he's just got like a lot of, of bars. Like he really does have a lot of lyrical ability and I think he is missed out of the discussion of like who are the greatest rappers. But again, it's kind of cause he is low key and he just like, my music's coming when it's coming, you wait on it. The whole debut album was meant to come years before. Obviously different mix-ups led to it being delayed or redone or different features being on it. But I really mess with that album a lot and um, Nipsey and it's in it's in my top ten for the year, definitely. Um one of the singles that I mess with as well is Keys Keys to the City and Double Up. That is just one of the best songs on the album. It should have been a sing it is a single, sorry, but it should have been a summer single for me. Um, I think the visuals quite good. It's got his girlfriend in there. Um, it's got a whole load Hello of Yeah. She's oh. in the video as well. Uh, there's like the a one whole, where they are driving. Yeah. There's yeah. a whole like eight minute like story. She loves a do. little, loves a little feature. But um, Nipsey man, like honestly, this album is incredible. Like un- after all the releases from rappers have come out, I've always been like, can this album stand the test of time? Can it stand the test against this album? Is it as good as, you know, other albums that have dropped? Can it be in the same league? And I've been like, Nipsey's Hold It Solid. Like, it's one of the, the songs, Double Up is one that I keep going back to whatever the season is. If I'm traveling, it will just always come up. So that is Nipsey Hustle. Please go play that. Like, honestly, such a good album. Um, Visual's not as great, but like the album is dope. And the last album I have for you is from a New York rapper I found out about two days ago. Her name is, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right at all, but um, Lee Kelly, forty-seven. I don't know. Um, oh yeah, yeah, oh I've yeah, heard yeah, of this. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's that is that whole. Yeah, is that saying yeah, yeah. it right? Yeah. Cool. Um, so her album is called Acrylic. It dropped Thursday night. Um, and I was in a group chat with um some Mephita writers because I write there now, and they were like, listen to this album, and I was like, okay, yeah. let me listen. Because I heard the City Girls album and I wasn't really happy with that album because it just wasn't as good as Period, their first um project. It wasn't an album, but their mixtape earlier this year. I kind of was like, why did Quality Control release that album when it was, when um one JT is not out and two it just it just didn't feel put together. But anyway, I, I went to this and I was like, this is an album from a um, rapper who really should have more exposure. She should have the same level of ex- exposure as they do. She's from New York, I believe. Um, released under RCA, which is shocking because I didn't know she was even signed there. But um, she's a, like a merge of Cardi B, if Cardi B could spit, Megan <sighs> The Stallion. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Wow. <laughs> I mean, wow. let's, let's keep it real, Atlanta paid for that album. Let's be let's keep it real. I love Cardi, I do love her, and the album wow. is great. The album is great, but I mean, if we, we gave her a freestyle beat, I don't know if she would be able to do anything. That's though. fair, I I don't have any
0: confidence. Yeah, in her, and to be fair, that's the, the case with
3: a lot of rappers now, you know, yeah. Iggy fucked up, at the mic, you know. Are we yeah. really
1: discussing Iggy? Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs>
3: Wasn't she nominated for a Grammy at some point? I don't know. <laughs> the five,
1: five Grammys. Uh, five, so Five
3: <laughs> Grammys. Yeah, anyway, Cardi, we love the album, but we know it was paid for. Let's just say that. Anyway, um, yeah, so she sounds like a mix of Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion, mm. and um, oh, there's another rapper in there. I think Bia, who's under um, Pharrell's imprint. Um, she sounds like a mix of them, and she just... And Nokia, Princess Nokia. I had some influence mm. there as well, which is really, she's really diverse. Like the records- I've heard good things about Nokia. No, them. honestly, if you things. listen to this, if you listen to this project, I didn't have to say there's one bad track until about seven. So in, in a row, and I'm a harsh critique when it comes to bars and stuff. So seven tracks in was when the first, not even bad, but subpar kind of compared to her quality. She just- just gave me heat. And this is the first time you're listening to her. I was like, wow, why is she not in the conversation of new women rappers in the game killing it? Like she should be in the conversation with Malibu, Mitch, Rico, all of them new girls, Megan. Um, all the all dolls. Them, all the dolls, Cash and all Asian and all that. She should be in that discussion because she's, She's fire. I don't know what the management label are doing, but she's really well, dope. Awesome. She, uh, you know, awesome. yeah. they do, they can't hold it together with all the genres at one time, can they? But um, she she wears a balaclava, which is really interesting. Like wherever she goes, she's wears a balaclava, um, and yeah just the mask like generally so i just find her really interesting for rap i'd love to see her blow with like the likes of tiara whack and all of that i just really would love next year for her to get the credit um those are my three listens um and shout out to jelani blackman who released the ep i'll probably talk yeah. about that next week but he's dope and he's doing big things in this country so yeah eden
2: cool for me, um, I went back a bit, so I haven't been listening to anything new whatsoever. Uh, start with Amel LaRue. So, Do you know about Amel LaRue? Why are you surprised? <laughs> that is rude. No, nah, that's rude. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, <laughs> that's rude. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That's rude. No, I'm, I'm sorry. No, you hear the energy? No. <laughs> no,
1: no. Before you continue, I've got to say that because. Yikes. <laughs> when, when people discuss underrated singers, Amel was never just underrated. Like, she is damn near, like, forgotten. Like, she, like. Her, Even
3: when he said it, I was like, what?
1: Like, like, she like, is well. damn near. a forgotten gem like amel larue is like if you know about amel larue then you are a real music head. if you know about amel larue i fuck with her
2: heavy all right some background information she was in a group called groove theory with um brycey bryce wilson bryce wilson that's it sorry um and she kind of makes what would you call it neo soul Neo
1: soul funk. yeah
2: that type of music um but I've got this thing about when it comes to Neo Soul artists, I like the type of music that makes me feel like I want to paint an apartment. I said this last time when I was talking about Max. <laughs> yeah, you have said and this how, analogy of how, how it was like my favourite Neo Soul. Like <laughs> I, I love description like description of like Neo the, Soul. Yeah, like the background in you know, you know what I mean. Um just element of relax. She released this was the debut project after leaving um, Groove Theory. The album is really, really good. Um, obviously, the first track for me was what drew me in, to be honest. I love her music in general. If you love New Sov, if you love Erica Badu, um, I think we've said this a few times with all of our listens, like Erica Badu mostly come up through all three of stay us, form. four of us, or three of us. <laughs> three. But if you love her music, you'll love Amel. You're going to say something. And even
1: going back to Ari Lennox, yeah, I definitely hear Amel, Lare- Amel LaRue influence all up in Ari Lennox's music. Yeah. And Amel LaRue, like, she's another one, even despite her being forgotten, like, she is actually low-key influential too. Like, you can... Aesthetically and vocally, musically, you can hear her in Solange, yeah. 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 in Jenny Aiko, in Kellala. Mel LaRue is a low-key, a, a bit of a, a diamond, low, a paragon in yep. modern R&B. I
2: mean, if I'm looking at her followers on spotify right now she's got 126k which is quite low for someone who's been releasing music since 1990 it's annoying but she's, in, in, but she's in, in, independent from but she's the group very
1: very very low key yeah. i don't even think um she never really gets much exposure no nah. no but her music's but, great like her last album came out five years ago
2: 2013
1: yeah and now i was just by chance by seeing an article someone wrote about it and i was like oh she's back because yeah, for yeah, years yeah. i've just been rinsing out um the other four albums she had put a jazz album that's her, her previous album lovely standards great album check that out and then yeah she's very 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 okay yeah. and very inactive on social media mm.
2: um so the album is called i, I realized i just forgot to say that but it's infinite possibilities so the songs on that i would say listen to is the title track so infinite possibilities get up is my favorite on that yes. album yes. um sweet misery and weather so listen to those songs let me know what you mm. think that's pod at twitter and instagram um then my second listen so this is coming back to the uk now it's a it's not an album it's a track called um tracksuit love it's by kenny Allstar. so kenny Allstar is on bbc uh one extra uh he was rumored to be the replacement for charlie sloth but that obviously that's gone now to snoochie shy i think it went to in the end so snoochie shy is doing the late show on bbc one extra um do you know bbc one extra
0: yeah 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 I'm i'm not like super it Not no knowledgeable about it, but yeah, like, okay. I'm familiar with it. Good. Yeah. So
2: we we have a she's a DJ and presenter, um, Snoochie Shy. She's replacing Charlie Slough I don't know if you know who that is. Mm-hmm. Um, so Charlie Slough's the big white guy he used to press all the buttons, like um, was it was it you say perfect and stuff like that? Mm.
0: Gotcha. Do you know okay. what I'm talking about? Yeah, this is gonna be really embarrassing, but I I know that I was introduced to BBC Extra through another video, but obviously the most popular one was with big shack yeah so (laughs) (laughs) so that's but now i know yes but one
3: just to just to jump in real quick i think one extra like trying to change um the whole look and feel of their brand right now so they've signed on some Podcast. really cool djs um that i know some of them as well over the last month and then the presenters they've done a rebrand um over the last couple of days Podcast. um podcasts as well yeah. so they really, they're, they're just coming really to Capitol's capital's neck they're, tr- mm. they're trying they're trying, trying they're, the trying, they're trying so we'll,
1: we'll they, see how we'll see they, how it goes they've been a bit questionable recently but we're not discussing that right oh now. we
3: discussed yeah. that last week but yeah they're, they're trying to rebrand in yep. a big way
2: so for my last listen, um, it was kind of between two albums, but I'll just talk about one. So it was between Jordan Rakai's um, Wallflower mm. and it was between um, One Asin's, Um Sexy Odd Rose. So I'll talk about Jordan Rakai Wallflower. Um, there's one song in this that triggered the fuck out of me. Um, it's called... <laughs> oh wait, I clicked the wrong album. Um, it is called... I think it's Never. Let me just find it. One second.
1: This is the second time you've mentioned Jordan Rakai
2: Yeah I love his yeah. music Oh no it's called Nerve Yeah Nerve So Nerve is about um, a guy who gets in a relationship with a girl um, This isn't my history by the way So a guy sure. gets in a relationship with a girl And he's like really it, the, the lyrics are basically like How can I love you if I, love my, if I don't love myself And I was like "Raw." let me turn this off <laughs> but, but um yeah really really good really good album
1: you could see nick's face right now <laughs> it's like well we've all got to love ourselves so. <laughs>
2: um really good album i would suggest listening to nerve um goodbye pretty much every song on this album if you've you've probably heard of jordan Rakai before but if you haven't he makes like soul music soul music yeah R&B Like yeah, That seen. type of music yeah. He featured recently On a song we spoke about Two weeks ago With um, Loyal Kana Called Otolenghi, um Which is we, I recently found it As a chef I don't know anything About cooking But yeah um, Do you know about Loyal Kana by the way I don't think so Check out his music You'll love him He's amazing You'll
1: love, you love Jordan Ricci Yeah you will Both of them
2: They're okay. amazing and that is my music that's what I've been listening to sorry um, just to remind you guys all the new releases that have been coming out this week we don't really talk about the new stuff until we've had an opportunity to listen to it properly um, so I know that we've no we, oh, sorry we, ugh, I know that recently sorry um, Mariah Carey released a new project um, Shopping help me out who else released? Anderson yep. Yeah. Anderson Pack, yeah we're we'll all taking a, a moment to actually digest that album Jaden Smith we, as well Really? Yeah. An album mm-hmm. today? Wait, when? Oh,
3: today. I think today. Oh, was last wow. <laughs> oh I got to take in Jaden as well. Like I was going to do it on yeah, the train, but
1: so no. definitely. So, um, Mariah Carey and Addison Pack are two of my faves. I knew he <laughs> was. I knew he was so fixing I'm his position. Going <laughs> to do that. Gonna be discussing them. Like Addison <laughs> Pack is one of my favourite artists of the newer generation, yeah. and I'm I'm a long-standing member of of Mariah Carey's Lamb family, so. <laughs> We'll be discussing both of those next week. Shout for outs sure. to
3: Shopee. Hey, <laughs> oh, I've got a bone to pick with you real quick.
1: So last week Ooh. we spoke
3: about Ari Lennox and someone came for my neck and messaged me and was like, no, she's actually been doing Instagram stories and connecting with her fans. So what you guys said on the podcast about connecting with fans, she has, she's just changed platforms. That's not what we like said. Her. So no, because the reason um, she was like, the reason that... Um, she's not successful now or like she like took a break from connecting with fans and stuff like that. But she was via IG, that's that's what someone said to tell you. Well she's very so, active.
1: She she does a lot of IG Live. Yeah, IG Live as well. But she does a lot of IG Live.
3: Yeah, they just mentioned that she connects with fans and stuff like no, that. I and I she agree. said to tell Eden that I, I was and just I like, know, okay, I, well, tell Eden. Well, was like, okay, okay well, <laughs> and and I, okay. Think it, I think it's
1: what? too I think it's too early to say about whether she's not successful or not, because since she's been signed, it has kind of been a soft push. I yeah. can tell we have 100 percent Because I should put out an EPL. And they haven't really tried
3: not not tried. i think this this moment now for and her feels year. different it feels i can I definitely with the singles released now since she did the whole tweets about wanting to quit music and stuff i feel like there's been a change in mood she's has um her first performance coming up on the bet um soul train awards coming mm. up Creed uh, so, soundtrack. Yeah. So I think there's definitely a different mood to her now. So I'm excited for her. I still
1: think there's something they
2: were ready to <laughs> no, launch her yet. They
3: didn't know what they wanted to. And, you know, develop, being developed and stuff like that's great. Like, I, th- I think there's exactly. more onus on being developed as an artist. Uh, we
2: be. have to be a bit honest as well. And I know we're J. Cole fans, but J. Cole kind of cheated with Four your Eyes Only when it comes to... Kind of what? He cheated when it came to Four your Eyes Only when he said, like, you know, he does the whole no features because mm. she was on the album. She's, oh, of course. She, was, yeah, 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 she, she right. was a feature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, of course, of so that course. album does Wait, have a feature.
1: Can I, can I just ask a question? Where did that whole no features thing come from? Did he actually say that? Or was that just a Twitter thing? Oh, uh, no. Some did he public, actually say No, no, no. This?
3: Publications started to do it. So they started mm. to be like no features and put that thing on him. And then For Your Eyes Only came out and then they did the no features again. Yeah. And then after that's where he's started to get that. But he's 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 arguably, I had this discussion um yesterday, actually. I think that J. Cole's had a great features year like he has had good, lyrically lyrically maybe not commercially but lyrically he's had a great features year he's been on a host of records um by new and old rappers and old singers and new singers and yeah I think he he's the feature game and I can't wait for the mixtape next year and he's he's doing quite a lot this year but yeah he did cheap
2: yeah for, for can honestly. I just reply to what your friend said to you just quickly so mm-hmm. it's for clarification so I understand that Ari Lennox she is doing all the all of her music through insta live and like connecting with fans and stuff like Mm -hmm. that's perfectly fine what i meant was when i used to follow her you got a lot more authentic covers you got a lot more um pushes when it came to her music through her youtube channel Mm -hmm. so i know she's still using socials i've seen threads on twitter and stuff like that when was she releasing music through her youtube um 2000 and that's a tough question. It was when she. Was I never still. knew of
1: her music, releasing music for YouTube. She
2: released. Do you a mean few? covers or like no, no, actual? She had a few songs so and she recommend. deleted them afterwards. Oh um, yeah,
1: I mentioned two of those songs. I know she like she put stuff on Bandcamp.
2: No, there was no. She had a few songs on YouTube and she deleted them afterwards. That's what a lot of artists do when they get signed as well. So she had some songs on YouTube. This is just from my memory, so I might be incorrect, but I'm pretty sure she had a few songs on YouTube and she deleted them afterwards. No, it's Artists do... artist.
3: Their records
2: but yeah that's what I meant I as a fan this is coming from me as a fan not as me as someone who's like critiquing her as an artist oh or no no like no
3: that. no they didn't they didn't think you were critiquing they were just like no, but oh, even she just was... basically changed the yeah. platform
2: I said what I said
0: anyway <laughs> <laughs> um
2: let's move on to the next section
3: Anyway, we're going into news right now. Elijah <laughs> is joining us for his takes on some of the news this week. So... This should be interesting. This should... Yeah, exactly. There we go. It should be interesting. <laughs> um, let's start with the UK. Um, let's start with a singer... F- well, a former, former singer. singer <laughs> now turned commentator on certain Personality. issues. Personality. Um, so Jamelia. <laughs> Jamedia. G- G- um, yeah. So basically, last week she was on... Last Sunday, she was on um, a platform with the Jeremy vine show sorry i was just trying to find it guys and she made comments about trans being transracial and it being the same as being transgender so she said we're supposed to be a tolerant society and accepted of people and how they identify for example if someone wants to change their sex or gender they're allowed to do that and we have to accept that. So why can't we accept someone changing their race? And she doubled down on this when challenged by her panellists. A white person. A white person um, who said race and changing gender or sex aren't the same things. And she doubled down on it and said, um, I think... Uh, when, yeah, he said, it, I think it's completely different. And she, yeah, she doubled down and said, it's exactly the same thing. Exactly. Just for clarifications, quote by quote, exactly the same thing. This man, and um, as we said, it's claimed that he is white and his parents are white. and Give his context are for
1: Elijah. White.
3: I will. I'm going to, I'm going to round it up at the end. Are white and blah, blah, blah. But he clearly looks of mixed heritage. He's had a, the journey of a person of color. He's suffered racial abuse. He was raised in the 60s. Um, So he found it hard to get roles as an actor. um, And that was her class, her clarification for why changing gender or sex is the same as changing race. So this is a discussion on someone who was kind of our UK equivalent of Rachel Dolezal, who kind of um, got, got um, funding. I think it was uh, for a scheme or something for people of color. uh, And, that, that was the discussion around it, basically. So what are you guys' thoughts
2: on that? On the whole interview or just the idea of transrationalism?
3: Well, Jamilia's comments on transracialism being... I think, a think you have a lot to say.
2: Gender. I, t- to be um, honest, this is all I'm going to say.
1: You say that now, you're going to say a lot more. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm, dying. <laughs> I'm dying shopping.
2: I have an issue when people go on shows and they don't know what they're talking about because I think a lot of people aren't being honest when it comes to... The things that they know, so a lot of people babble on um, on topics that they haven't studied or read about, or actually put the effort in into understanding. the The mere fact she said gender and sex you can change just proves to me that she has no idea what she's talking about. Um, I'm not going to claim to be a, a professional on this situation or this topic. That's what Jamila should have said as well, by the way. Um, but sex and gender are two completely different things. Sex is something you're born with, male, female. Um, Gender is the construct of acting like a man or acting like a woman so you can act the idea of acting like a man is obviously rooted in masculinity um, and doing things that men are supposed to do I'm doing um, what's it called?
1: gender mm-hmm.
3: roles yeah so gender basically roles. sex is mm-hmm. fixed gender yep. is
2: not yep yes. so gender is for example the idea that men can't be emotional uh, men can't wear pink men can't wear lipstick heels etc cetera, etc cetera. um same with females so sorry with woman sorry so woman is a gender so for example women have to always look pretty they can't um They couldn't wear trousers for a certain point. Yeah, there's certain things. They can't be aggressive. They can't do certain things in society like work work. and can't provide for their families and stuff like that. Own the mask. Sex is more to do with your chromosomes. So i don't uh, biology biology, yeah just go biology class if you don't know what we're talking about um but yeah that's the difference between the two and my main gripe with this situation is it just proves how ignorant people can be how you can go on a show and have no idea what you're talking about and then compare it to a topic that you haven't studied is ridiculous to me i just don't understand how you have the confidence to do that If, if i was invited on a show now to talk about airplanes i've never studied it and I'm just going to waffle about airplanes, I would struggle and I'll probably chat shit and then it'll be an issue. So I don't understand why someone with no education of the situation is going on a show and talking about it.
1: My thing with this is, um, I'm I'm all here for having progressive discussions about race in Britain because we like to think that racism doesn't exist over here. Um, But I don't understand why they got Jamelia to talk about this. There are so many more prominent black British figures, especially who have actually been writing about race in literature and online. So you could have got a bunch of journalists or even a bunch of authors to discuss this much more um, accurately, much more articulately. But I don't know why you got Jim Lee.
2: Are you expect, But would you expect the British press to actually get someone who makes sense? Yeah. So, well, that's what yeah. I'm saying. That's my you know, first, thing. Someone uh, said that was weird uh, too. It's part
1: uh, of an agenda. They're going to get someone who isn't so well versed in it to represent us. Because unfortunately with the moment we have someone like her, she kind of is the the speakerphone for the rest of us, which is ridiculous because, you know, there's so many of us out here in media. But that was my gripe with her. So my only thing to say to you, Jamelia, is if you're not singing Superstar, be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think...
3: Just before I go to Elijah, I was just going to say that I think it's... The reason why she was picked, I think, is because... She got her little come up a couple of years Don't ago. Don't say come
1: up. Come has been come, out come here. up. No, no, no. <laughs> come, no, not in
3: that lane, not musically. Come up as a speaker, just to clarify. Come up as a speaker when she yeah. suffered racial injustice on a train. And then she started to speak about hair and black hair, which she reps quite well black hair and natural black hair and stuff like that. And repped like the black doll or something. There was something as well. So I think. That's why I don't think it was a direct agenda to get someone dumb. They were just like, oh, Jamelia, social issues, grab her on. And it was no, her. obviously. Jamelia's singer. That's, no, that's, what you what, are. No, that's what I'm saying. No, but in this new phase of her career, Career. she's now a speaker and the way, only way for her to get a check is to speak about Ouch. stuff. So no, I'm being honest That's or be on theater true. maybe if she gets some acting Well, lessons. she was on the Voice um, Island
1: a few years ago. Yeah, you know. Do, do,
2: maybe you <laughs> royalties know, on those hair Speak campaigns. on different <laughs> things,
1: speak
3: on different things, music, you know, whatever. But so anyway, so I think picking her wasn't an agenda to make, To make. I think it was just in it. like, they just thought black figure, let's do it for the woman, get a black woman on. But there are so many black women, like you said, in the industry doing bits who have wrote books, who are actually prominent figures in their academic sense, who could have argued the point to a higher degree and standard. I think her points as well are quite
0: alarming,
3: Mm -hmm. but like they are reflective of this culture of lumping transracialism and trend and being transgender together and i think i've heard a lot more commentary in terms of like guardian opinions and opinions on u.s platforms in regards to rachel and stuff for the argument of why 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 are they not considered the same thing and stuff like that so her views didn't just fall out of the sky because there is this discussion and agenda to push transracialism as a thing so i'm not going to say her, her comment is isolated and at uh, outside of a culture that's not trying to happen but what i will say is that she's clearly doesn't have um the expertise and clearly didn't read the the kind of range even simple articles like you could read simple articles which will break down this study means this that study means that and this is why transgender is this and transracialism is this and a flawed concept fundamentally um and she's what my gripe is as well she's actually dumb for trying to equate the black experience to having a bit of trouble in the sixties. Like what the fuck are you talking about, bitch? Like what the hell are you trying to talk about? Like are you dumb? Are you fucking dumb? Like literally, are you dumb? Like how dare you minimize the black experience which we haven't even defined in its full complexity in this society today, which still ignores some people in, in terms of his experience and classification. How dare you say that just because you've suffered you are automatically black. That kind of denotes our experience and minimizes it to that of struggle. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Can I, ask a, question?
2: Can I ask a question? What was the incident on the train? Does anyone know? I don't she know. She was mm-hmm.
3: attacked by a white man. Um, I think she was with her daughter, if I'm not mistaken, or it was her. It was definitely her, whether her daughter was there or not. She suffered racial injustice on the train. What was someone, like a comment or something oh, was made. Yeah, someone about just, sitting someone with just her, sitting next her to her, the harassment. Oh. Then she spoke about it on Loose Women, and then this whole campaign and stuff happened, okay. and that's how she got a spot on Loose Women for a bit, which is a talk show, it's like the talk or the View, mm. um, in America, and then um, yeah, then she just started speaking more on issues um, to do with black women. And, yeah race and stuff yeah. like that
2: sorry so an american loose women must sound mad like as a
0: Yeah, when you said it I was like wait what? loose women uh, yeah so it's just <laughs> like
3: the talk or the view yes. you know what the Os- real. Oscar, you yeah. know? okay so Watch i Sharon guess Os- what i
0: imagine they're playing on what was maybe seen as a cr- criticism of women yes probably. got, it, got That's it probably what. like i'm yeah. in a sense no no no, no it's yeah. just i think no. it just
2: means free opinions like yeah not like loose okay yeah you know yeah it's
3: all kind to flip it into terms of that women are allowed to speak and yeah
0: opinions and have mm-hmm. no, a right uh, but yes yeah, but also yeah a, that in the sense of like loose and like i guess like yeah. a yeah. sexual yeah. but yeah, that's yeah, that that's cool. our yeah. equivalent
1: yeah. to shows like the real yeah. and the talk that's and the bad. view yeah gotcha. stuff like that Trust
3: anyway you. what are your thoughts on the concept of transracialism being a real thing and it being the equivalent of transgender or being transgender just to everyone
0: well no, to Elijah. Oh, yeah i mean it definitely doesn't equate and so just to clarify so jamilia is black she's yes. black she's fully black, black. Very, very black 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 gotcha. black, black gotcha. You know? okay so it's like it's a it's a rachel rachel dozel in in a sense of like championing that idea yes, okay yeah, cool yeah. um yeah no they, there's no they don't equal <laughs> <laughs> they just don't and but to me it sounds like one of those things and i mean that's to the fault of her and and I think you see this a lot in terms of like with advocates well musicians and artists who then become advocates of progressive ideas is that then you may conflate what you think yeah. is a progressive idea but it isn't mm-hmm. like I feel like in her mind she was like oh well yeah like these things are equating because they're both they both speak to this type of oppression and therefore they must be you know there must, they must be synonymous. And that's mm. not the case. Mm. You know, you you definitely can't equate this non-existent thing, which is transracialism, with being transgender. So, yeah, I mean, the simple, short answer is she just should have known to be like, I can't really provide any commentary on this, so yeah. I'm going to step out. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean,
2: um, in terms of, like, American rel- relationships with race and stuff like that, mm. um, how do people... Kind of see transracialism in America. Like I can't
1: believe we're actually discussing that. Like it's a real thing. Because no, like, it's, it's not. A real even thing. just saying that, it just I just feel like it's eventually going to be one day like a topic you can discuss yeah. in your flipping identity. Some class people see it as
3: valid, you know. People, the fact that even Rachel and this other dude—I'm not even gonna say—I don't even know. Like got, got drew name, so literally got got like compensate, got monetary compensation for basically being being a caricature, like, speaks to the fact that this concept maybe not be valid, like, widespread validity, but it's gaining traction in terms of monetary... Airspace, and, and academic airtime, authority academic articles are starting to be written if not written already you know dialogues in probably seminars at uni are happening you know in race discussions and stuff like that so she's you know me. it's not just a comment that were thrown away i thought it was with rachel literally but two months two years later netflix documentaries later monetary value still checked in later rachel owns she's a weave shop valid.
1: what rachel owns a weave shop and braids hair <sighs>
2: All right, we're not talking about that. <laughs> um, all right, basically, um, <laughs> so the, the question I was asking you, so about like race relations in America and stuff Ooh, like that and um, transracialism, because we were talking... Why go braiding right hair? Yeah, we were talking about so when wild. it comes to like identity for you and stuff like that, how you kind of see yourself and stuff. I don't know if you wanted to talk about that or anything, um mm-hmm. for, like what race or transracialism means in general in America right now. What, what's the kind of conversation that's happening around that?
0: um so race as it pertains to this non-existent idea of trans-racial. yeah exactly yeah gotcha Love um, that <laughs> uh, perfectly summed up it's i mean we don't believe in it i mean maybe some people think and i think that that's this thing too where it's like it feels it, it's It's something that wants to present itself as intellectualism or an intellectual discourse based upon what it is and the, not evidence, but the opinions that are being used to enforce it as this thing that should be taken seriously when it shouldn't be at all. Yeah. Um, You know, we like, when it comes to these complex issues we kind of like to have them simplified and generalized to where it can be a topic like that we're like oh transracialism immediately you're going to think transgender because Mm -hmm. there's all there's already that association but by doing that you're you're undermining two very important things that haven't still been fleshed out as much as they need to in the discourse around them so no i mean it, it it immediately makes me think of the um Atlanta ap- episode where... Um, oh, Lord. What was it? Uh, <laughs> what was it? Band Network? Basically, where they do, like, a parody of, like, a talk show. But the main segment is about this black man who wants... Who thinks he's a white man. Oh, yeah. That episode was hilarious. Yeah, it's, it's genius. Blew up as well. Yeah, you that know. hilarious. <laughs> and, like... <laughs> you know, it's in... But it, it speaks to just how dumb this idea is, you know? Like, where he... You know, he equates being a white man to like asking a bartender what the new IPA is, <laughs> which is funny. Like, I that, mean, you know, you know <laughs> but <laughs> then like, you know, and that makes me think of the fact of how Jamilia said that this man, what he wanted to be black or he was he was arguing that he could be black based upon his experiences in the 60s. That's it. Like there's these surface level, this surface level. That they think is evidence yeah. to support them being able to say, oh, well, I'm this person because of this. It's like, no, you're not. Mm-hmm. You experience this type of suffering, but that doesn't immediately assign you or prescribe you this descriptor. Yeah. You know?
3: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, 100% fact. And I think that is a perfect note to end on. It's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> um, X and out of that tab. Anyway, um, let's move on to. Cardi B, uh, and Chance the Rapper, who will join a hip hop competition called Rhythm and Flow. And TI. Yeah, yeah, I was going to get into that as well. (laughs) For Netflix. Um, They will be joined by TI, as Shope said, and it will debut in 2019. It's a 10-part hip hop talent search, and it is Netflix's first time dabbling in this era of talent competitions. So what do we think? Oh, John Legend's producing this, by the way. Hmm. Doing a lot of things. Anyway, um, what do we think of Cardi B's resume to be a hip hop judge? Because that has been the main conversation. And then we can—is that the main of, issue? Yeah, okay. there's a lot, and she oh, even so, back. so she clapped back on um IG on Thursday night, I believe. Is it
1: every day? She—I know,
3: I know. Honestly, yeah. you don't need to clap back every day But um, there was people saying she's not even—you know—can't even do lyricism, da, 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 all this kind of stuff. Um, and that's... (laughs)
0: So he his hand in the air Like a school kid Wait a minute uh, Wait a minute
3: Wait a minute now uh, Anyway um, So that was why They were like Why is she How can she look for Hip hop talent When she doesn't know What hip hop is And there was Cultural appropriation to Scott. There was just a lot Cultural appropriation a lot. There like, was a lot There was a lot that Cardi okay, mentioned That's, in her that's round. extra there was a lo- That was mad extra yeah, Listen like, Cardi, chill, I'm talking about The IG video Cardi tackled Cultural appropriation In the video Oh she's she like, said that So she's like You guys are being racist." how do you think i'm a cultural appropriate if it's in all this kind of stuff. i was just like it's a madness all right can i go the point is cardi b <laughs> cut back and the fact that she's not qualified to be on this show what do you think Shopee? all right continue. first
1: and foremost can we just dead talent shows it's a dying art form it's dying television
3: who watches i don't sex. think
1: like um so as you know guys know so x factor is still a thing and it was recently reported that um last week's episode registered the lowest viewership in its entire fourteen year history. <laughs> like it's perfor underperforming at a shocking rate. But Simon has said it's gonna it's been renewed for at least till twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one. So like we still got three more years of this shit. And I used to love They have
3: three more years of that I don't I
1: used to love X Factor. I used to love American Idol because like I love music. I love those shows. And I do think they can be t- entertaining, but I just think in general, the way the music industry is we just don't really grab um grapple onto new talent via those platforms anymore because there's just so much autonomy now where you can just go on SoundCloud or YouTube or just tweet something, you can blow up. Yeah. So first of all, we need to just dead these shows. The, the well, voice is somehow on like
2: its 11th season in the States or something. But on that point, because it's on Netflix, you think it would be slightly different because I personally think the issue that, the reason that it's dying, sorry, is because it's not that accessible. It comes on at a certain time. You don't get to choose when you well unless you record it. But if you go on Netflix, it depends on how they release it. If it's a week by week thing, or they might record one whole season and just leave the finale until it like might a be like a docu series.
3: But I just, oh, like making yeah. the band, yeah, yeah, something like, like that. I don't. But it does say like it does say like a talent competition, like a natural, like a judges on a proper competition. So uh, okay. I think, right, but right, I well. think that mm. literally is kind of a point where. It doesn't matter where it is. It could be on Netflix. It's the it could same be on YouTube. thing. Like, like, it's who, the same format. Yeah. Who wants to root for a star? Everything like it's just the whole. It's, it's tired. It really tired. depends. It depends on how Netflix. those
2: shows well work. It depends on how Netflix push it though. Because if they market it correctly, every time you go on Netflix, if you see it there, you're more likely to. No, no.
1: I'm not saying it's going to be successful or not. Money. I'm just saying, regardless of whether it blows up or not, the format. These shows just need to go. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not about marketing or how well it does or its use. We just, don't even have the attention. These spans shows for need anymore. exactly like to the reason, the reason yeah. why those shows did so well in the past is because we didn't have we, so basically at the boom of X-Facts it was like pre-social media yeah. like so people actually were calling in every week to vote for <laughs> Kelly Clarkson or Leona Lewis yeah. like those days Texting are gone. in their
3: comments along the banner. Those, day, yeah. those days
1: are, are, are gone now like don't you
2: vote for your apps now? Mm.
1: Yeah but it's not the same whereas like yeah. when things like X-Factor, those were like a cultural moment. Like the yeah. nation yeah. was watching yeah. when yeah. Alexandra Burke performed with Beyonce, yeah. Jay Letts. Like, like, it was like, whether you liked it or not, you, your ear was to the ground about yeah. what was going on in X-Factor. Whereas now, on, I don't know who watches X-Factor today. Mm. American Idol, they brought it back. I don't know why. of um, Rich and Katy Perry and some other country man. I don't care. So that's, my country f- so that's my first thing. <laughs> just dead the show. I just think it's a stupid idea. Back to this Cardi thing now. Um... I also was puzzled at her appointment, but another thing about these reality shows is, it's not even about finding talent, it's just it's just another promotional vehicle for the the judges on the show to promote their album or promote their book, or yeah. whatever they're doing. It's, yeah. it's never to do with the talent. obviously you can, obviously American Idol expect to have birthed some great talents, but it's always been about the celebrity judges. Yeah. So on that front, it makes sense of Kylie V because she's one of the biggest stars in rap right now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And for those things, she has never enough clout. I'm sorry to do this. So to do this, but Nicki Minaj, she hosted American Idol um, for one season. Oh, this she,
2: is why you're so excited. And she
1: only had one album out, I believe. And this is the thing: Nicki Minaj was hosting American Idol, a singing competition. At least Cardi B is doing what she knows. <laughs> At least. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah.
1: At least yeah.
3: she's doing what she knows. She even know hip hop, though That's like, what No, no, say,
1: but no, but my know. point is that she's whether you rate her genre not, I know what you My you're point mean. is I she's know. a rapper. It's yeah. a rap show. Yeah. whereas Nicki Minaj is out here judging singers and yeah, is so Sharon
2: Osbourne to be fair.
1: No, but Sharon Osbourne's a music
2: manager though. Okay, that's fair enough. Yeah. She's a music manager. Simon, Simon Cowell would say
1: Nikki sing. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: Simon Cowell <laughs> no. is, but, so, is
0: But I mean if that's the argument, then like if that allows her, like nikki Minaj, every artist is technically an A and R. Like they know what to see in the potential of an artist. So you could make the same argument that yes, like nikki Minaj isn't technically a manager, but she knows talent. I think she knows talent enough just based upon how long she's been in it. No, I'm just saying, if we're like gonna no, like, no, yeah. no,
1: no. And I'm not saying Nicki shouldn't have done it or Cardi shouldn't. Have. My point mm-hmm. is, though, people who as and Cardi is, Nicki did the same thing. So what? Where was the conversation back then? And like I said, at least. There Cardi, was, I think there was a conversation. <laughs> with at least, at least Cardi, Probably, at least though. Cardi is doing a rap show. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. But even then, um, yeah. So I think that's just one issue with it. But I just think it's just my whole thing is we don't need the show. We just don't need the show, Chance the Rapper. I'm not really interested in seeing you become a personality because I've that. Yeah. Like, I, I love him to death as an artist, but I just feel like he annoys me when he speaks. I feel like, see, so does some interviews or doesn't? Well, I just he read something. across as genuine. He thing. doesn't. Yeah, he just comes across as mm, slightly very fake. Fake, and I just don't know if I want to see you become this mm. guy. Ti, you know what? I'm here for you and your various ventures. You know, you got a reality show. Still putting out music, still going on tour, and I think obviously he's a veteran, so I think he's very well. He's, but he's, yeah. I think he's very talented yeah. for it.
3: Yeah. Um, except for we'll, we'll allow Iggy, what yeah. happens to that? But <laughs> well, you that, know. that was a key, he saw,
1: he saw um, a cash cow, yeah, that's what he saw. But ver- his various other ventures, so my yeah. that's my thing. My thing is just we don't need the show, regardless of who's judging it, we don't need the shows anymore, mm. and um. Cardi B, just use use common sense. She's one of the big stars in rap. Of course, they're going to get her. And that's another views, thing. That's views. another thing. With the whole, she a rapper, she right and in bars. I <coughs> think Cardi B is, at this point, a personality as well as being a musician. Yes. So, of course, they're not going to yep. go get flipping, I don't know... Lauren Hill or fucking Rhapsody or whatever because these guys are just in the pocket of we are musicians we do music mm. and that's it. Cardi B came up on love and hip hop mm. so why is it, is it really a stretch mm. versus a judge a reality show? Yeah. But that is me.
0: Yeah, guys, it's yeah. up to you. No, I definitely agree with that. I think it's very it's a very outdated model. I guess it just also depends on like what they might do to refreshen it because I know there were certain series they were planning on in, like making it like more um user friendly mm. to where they could like choose a scenario within the show i heard this that can yeah. then so i imagine with something like this they may try and implement that strategy even more by being like oh well like you can help but with this person or what do you recommend cardi b say to this contestant mm. for the next episode mm. who knows i say that also to say that i don't you know yes it's a very outdated concept and it doesn't really matter and of course the reason why cardi b and chance are on there is because their personality is just as much as they are artists and yeah cardi b is like the biggest one out if anybody can help curate and choose a personality and show the ways in which all this is like intertwined it's her Mm. yeah
3: yeah, I'd say her person she's personality before anything. Yes. She could do another venture, she could become an actress, it would still be personality first. Then whatever she's doing, like music, judging, whatever, like as sure. Shope said, personality first. Like she definitely is a personality first and even IG and Vine, she dominated those platforms because of it. And she, she led yeah. that and she killed it and she's currently killing it as an artist. So it's a no brainer why she's on the um, platform. They probably know it's an outdated model as well. So they're probably like, how can we revitalize this with these people? So they're probably all gonna be like you said, user friendly, use apps, you know, the stuff like Love Island and stuff relied on apps. People had it downloaded for the whole season. But the difference with that is it was like two or three weeks to a month. Whereas this one's like, all 10 episodes like are they going to be released like two in a week mm. or is it going to be one each day? Like, we, we don't know how long mm. it's going to be, but if it's the typical weekly format, it's tired. And me personally, as someone who's actually interested in music, I do not have the stamina to watch a new artist get found on this platform to mm. then not do well like they don't on the yeah. other platforms as well. Ooh, like tell best. it the truth, because and, if, and if they do do well, it will be a very short lived. I'm
1: success, glad you said that. Opinion. Cause who on The Voice can we say? Yeah. (laughs) The Voice has been running for what, seven years now in the States? And (laughs) Yeah. I I challenge all of you to name one winner. It's quiet.
2: To name one winner.
1: From The Voice US. Mm.
2: Jerome.
1: um... You can't even say it.
2: No, Jerome Jackson. Jermaine Jack, Jerome so you, Jackson. So you don't know Jermaine, his name? Jackson's uh, the UK. You don't, Jermaine, yeah, that's what I he's meant. He's the UK. Jermaine, Jermaine he's Jermaine. the UK. I said The Voice US. Oh, my bad. No, I just, no one. I don't watch it, so no. That's yeah, not me. But, but The I Voice UK. I remember Jermaine, faces.
1: You mean Jermaine like Jackson?
2: Jermaine Jackson. No, Jermaine Jackson. It's, it's Jackson. It's
1: Jackman. It's not Jackson.
2: I don't even know. All right, we'll do Google real yeah, quick. Yeah,
1: we'll wait for Eden to get the receipts.
2: I want you to know every time I've gotten receipts I've been right so I just want to let you, you know actually have it been... might be Jermaine Jackman <laughs> I think he even follows me as well so this awkward what's his name <laughs> sorry means? Jermaine it's Jermaine
1: Jackman no, or Jermaine Jackson Jermaine Jackson is Michael Jackson's brother no
2: it's J- oh, UK The Voice Jermaine Winners, Jermaine Anyway, see. next topic. I see, Anyway. Next topic. didn't
0: Sorry, sir, card declined. <laughs>
1: so <laughs> I was <laughs> right, just like Brent Weiss, bear the Khalid so um eden your thoughts on this tv show
2: all right so you've all said what i was thinking to be honest all i'm gonna say is when it comes to music moves on tv or whatever i'm never surprised it's about who's popular it is the music business i think we all need to remember that when it comes to these shows um i'm actually more intrigued in the business side of it so i wonder if cardi's in the 360 so i'm wondering if her label are making money from this i'm I'm more intrigued in that to be honest
0: that also made me also think um what if this is like an attempt by netflix to low-key start making a record label or start distributing music mm. somehow ooh. as well ooh. that wouldn't shock me that's I,
1: a, I feel like that's some, i feel like that's coming like,
3: like that's yeah coming. if we look at amazon's model they're exactly. exactly they're probably exactly, what that exactly be cool, the same thing
1: so i feel like that's yeah that's coming yeah, yeah.
3: Netflix are doing a lot of moves. There's a lot of conversations they're having.
1: Anyway, I love what they're doing. Like they put out that amazing Quincy Jones documentary. Phenomenal,
0: phenomenal. Phenomenal.
1: Like so, I'm here for them doing music content. I think that's great. Like the Nina Simone one, they had like four years ago. Incredible. Incredible. They had a nice hip hop series
3: yeah. as well on yeah, there that's following true. kind of quite a few people. Um Boogie with the Hoodie, I think, was on there as well. Yeah. Um yeah, so they they do yeah. they do documentaries and talk series. They're quite great. Well.
1: I think they, I love what they're doing with T V and now obviously transitioning into music. But I just don't like you said, this kind of show is outdated no matter the platform or no matter how user friendly you make it or whatever mm. you implement. These just kind of shows are dead. And it's not even about whether you make a superstar or not. These kind of shows to my knowledge, these aren't what, this isn't what the public wants. You know, we're into, you know, dramas now, we're into reality shows now. Well, reality shows about actual people, like, you know, I love Islands. I yeah. love hip hops. those kind of formats. Like, like I said, X Factor, it's had the lowest viewings in its entire history. So not for this season, in its 14 year history, it had the lowest ratings last week. Mm, I'm not but, surprised. But Simon Cowell is still like, you know what, three more years.
2: Because that's three happened before. <laughs> No, but that's happened before. They
3: probably signed the deal before those lower view came in. It was probably like this year. Till no, but I mean, know. in terms
2: of low streaming numbers, they've always, it's not streaming, sorry, but low viewership. View, viewership. They've always had a period where it's been really low. Same with Strictly Come Dancing as well, to be fair. No,
1: Strictly Come Dancing is, is, a, is a massive phenomenon.
2: No, there was a point right. where they hit a low viewership. Um, and I remember because it was X Factor as well, they were both quite low and then they just suddenly just picked
1: pick Well, I again. think Strictly is picking up. Like they actually do a comparison. The article I've read, I think it was Huffington Post they said that Strictly is averaging like 15 million per week uh-huh. and it's like on six. Do you know what Strictly Come Dancing is? Mm-hmm. It's, it's the UK so dancing it's a, a, stars. That's Yeah, yeah that's dancing. what I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, like, so like, look at that, look at the disparity. Six million, 15 million. Yeah. And obviously Strictly Come Dancing is different because, you know, like Dancing with the Stars, like, you know, celebrities, well, usually washed up celebrities or up and coming celebrities like no money. No, they're coming in Again. on, it's like a novelty for them oh, to see celebrities to in this scenario as, well as obviously X-Factor you're seeing brand new developing talent and new eyes that could be the next big thing it's like, no and
3: even though El- i'd say the selection here in the selection in the it's different dynamics in the in the states like the strictly come dancing and the dancing with the stars i think there's different like i think in the u.s like maybe it's the level of star that they have on the shows there compared to here it's just not well, we There's have different calibers. We have of some lesbians. Uh, Do you know what I mean? Oh, wow. Like over here, it's, over in America, it's like okay, like just a bit of a dip, you know. But they're still <laughs> yeah. they're still here, you know. Like, still little, so little Kim rubber. did it just after prison. It was just like okay, she's yeah. yeah, yeah Maya's done, done it. Bit. Nicole
1: Scherzinger's you know, done, yeah, Nicole done yeah, Nicole it. Tony you know, Braxton, you know. Kim
2: Kardashian, Kim Kardashian, Kim Kardashian. Mm. Qu- Tinashe,
1: Qu- shocking. But here, it's quiet. Quick question to
2: Elijah: Just yes or no? Good idea, bad idea? Tinashe on Dancing with the Stars. Good idea, bad idea.
1: Well, she lost anyway.
2: So.
3: Yeah, it was only if she was gonna
1: win. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know she I mean? three
3: weeks. Yeah. Even if she got semis, like Normani kind of got to that position. It's, it's different. Yeah, different, yeah.
0: yeah. The Tanasha Conundrum. But in a caption, good idea, bad idea. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with bad idea because usually people associate you doing Dancing with the Stars when you're fucking done. Okay. And but like,
1: Normani did it though
0: but and i but still like it's like i feel a lot of people like the dave Chappelle joke he was like yeah man when i when i i'm not ready to get that check yet like i don't need it (laughs) like i don't need to sell my soul yet yeah you know?" know and i yes it's like of course like get that bag like it's an easy bag for you to get but like also understand like there's like a cultural weight that when you do that people kind of automatically assume okay like you're there's a connotation attached yes yeah Yeah.
1: okay last run of checks
0: yeah i think
1: well she's not i think she's doing like a broadway show now who
3: yeah she got signed fox live or something yeah she's doing like like some um,
1: tv broadway musical so So,
3: good for her So yeah Yeah. get your bags get your multiple bags and i mean
0: it's like maybe that's just it like maybe that led to another opportunity like that gave her good tv time so I've then really she can said expand. I've Yeah, give some
3: people an interview for you exactly. I've already like, said pretty what sure, she needs yeah.
1: to yeah. do. Mm. I've really said what she needs to do, but she's not going to listen to me. Mm. So that's her her business. Anyway,
3: get that check on Broadway and leave yeah, RCA Yeah, for real. Yeah.
0: Yes, when that contract expires, uh, uh, leave leave C. Don't sign that deal because
3: <laughs> I think she's locked in a terrible deal. Right? Yeah, now. I, think, do, you know, I think she's got a yeah. like 5 hours terrible ago. deal, like a Jojo-esque kind of deal. Like
0: <laughs> yeah, woo, there'll
3: be a, there'll be a documentary or something after that. But um, let's move to Michelle with. Brilliant. Let's move to Michelle Williams. So, um this makes me sad. This is this is yeah. This is yeah, this is this, this is, is a, this is a sad one because sad. you know it. And I, I'm not. I don't even want to make it a joke, but like it is actually poor Michelle now. Like it really is. No, it is. <laughs> yeah, to do like, no, it is. No, this is the real thing. Like it is poor Michelle. You know, it is. <laughs> It is oh dude. Beyonce, you need to get out your tour, whatever Kelly, whatever you're doing, get your girl. Yeah. Save her. Shallange, yeah. go beat up the thing. I said this oh, earlier yeah, this week.
0: Do Latoya where you Latoya, <laughs> whoever
3: recruits need to come on board. You know, Miss Tina, come on, like, let's Get, honestly, get Matthew, the whole team. The even whole Matthew. Family, even the Matthew, whole family. Matthew, even Matthew. We need get... to lift her up in <laughs> Everyone needs to come the fuck together for this. Farah, come on. Anyway. Michelle man and I will name him this devil. Ooh,
1: wow, wow,
3: wow. Ooh. Chad Johnson. Ooh. Yeah. No, the name it. is even before hers in the show when she's got more clout and credibility, but we'll we'll get into wow. that. Wow. You know, patriarchy. Yeah, patriarchy. <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> just simple <so laughs> alphabet, of course, because his name is Chad. And hers is Michelle. But yes, she's got a new show. Um, Chad <laughs> Chad loves Michelle. Michelle. Um, on the oprah Winfrey network on the Oprah Winfrey network, of course, but um yeah this this led to a deep one, man, so on the show, um, the actual discussion wasn't filmed, but um,
1: the aftermath,
3: yeah, the aftermath was when they were speaking to their therapist, then their relationship um counselor or whatever on um Skype, they basically mentioned that her husband, her future husband, sorry. Was not understanding how she communicates because he didn't grow up around a lot of black people. That's what Michelle said to him. So Chad's white? So Chad's white, just for clarification. Like fully white, whitey white, white, patriarchy white, white. So um, <laughs> his, name, his, his name is Chad Forgotty. Oh. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so. He visibly looked angry, like, and blasted her for even trying to bring this up and was like, why do you have to make it about race? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not mm-hmm. race, you know, we don't even need to mention this. Like, race doesn't matter. I don't care if you're yellow, purple, black or blue, no, black green, or green. Mm-hmm. just named all them rainbow, yeah, all the Crayola them colors. red flag rainbow signs there <laughs> that told you that, you know, he was one of those.
1: He said bringing up race is a low blow. That's what it pissed me off. Bringing up, race is a low blow. bringing
3: up race is a low blow
1: but what did allegedly, you what did he, but what did allegedly he say? as
3: a black woman in a patriarchal society bringing up race is a low blow but anyway he rebutted back and said that she needs her pills
1: no she he said did you take your pills today yeah did
3: you take your pills today you need your pills etc um and that is talking about Michelle's mental health, because obviously if you didn't know, earlier this year, she checked herself in for depression. Um, she's healing over that, which is great. Um, and But yeah, he, he made a low blow, very tasteless comment um, about her mental health when she brought up race. So what are you guys' thoughts on that? Um, allegedly, they called off the engagement, but- no. Yeah, there was, there was an article that said that allegedly she was. Well, so as of
1: now, they're not together.
3: Like early, oh, early this week, like Wednesday, it was like Michelle apparently calls off the again. I don't know oh, if it's please. allegedly, I this is alleged, so. this is alleged because, you know, social media came at her saying we need to just, it came out of love. It wasn't out of attack. It was more yeah, like, yeah. get her out, get her out, get her out. Um, Blue Ivy
1: will not stand for this.
0: <laughs>
3: Blue <laughs> Ivy the rapper will not. Uh, She'll make a diss track. She'll make a diss. track. Oh, she's She'll about make to, a five-minute diss track, ether, Chad, bro. From Rock Nation. <laughs> <Blue> Ivy, <laughs> get your on ether him, bro. <laughs> Anyways, what are you guys' thoughts on Chad loving allegedly Michelle and um all of this controversy around Michelle and speaking race?
0: I'm just for one. They knew that they couldn't get a yacht. What, how, (laughs) Yonla? Yeah. They knew that they couldn't get her because she would have immediately just fired off on Chad. You
3: know what slap, would Yo, yeah, yeah, like she would have she cussed,
0: cussed him out oh. like crazy. I deservedly you so. Know. Yeah. She made, she made
3: him walk in one of the museums.
0: And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in the you know what she, she
3: did, did, did easily.
1: Easily. Cut. Like You know what she did Bro, <laughs> <or made. laughs> She would have made know. them watch <laughs> Roots. <laughs> yo, yo,
3: yo, yo. You see what
0: happens here? That's you, the slave master. Slap the Chad bro, the like, whipper,
1: Chad the whipper
0: anyway, like, bro. you oh my. are the
1: slave master yeah. <laughs> You nasty piece of work like
3: She would have done the what, she would have done everything Anyway, continue the oh. See slave now man.
0: I wish that yeah. had been the case like, I wish that it was, it was exactly like oh, that um, But yeah, I think Obviously to undermine her point about racism By like complaining it with like her mental health was very problematic and like i i just read apparently that like she defended him but didn't defend that quote yeah so i mean she was fully like not defending the quote yeah and i mean you know it's like let's be real when it comes to us people of color but specifically like black people dating white people more than likely that's gonna be the reality is having to like explain yeah having to explain that and having them really experience it for themselves like you you can during that whole interview you can kind of see the shame on his face which is good like I I could see that he was visibly distraught. I see that but I still think
1: he does I still think he was offended by her bringing a bracelet.
0: No absolutely absolutely.
3: patriarchy was being yeah it was being checked. He was like no wait he was like what you're gonna like control this narrative like it was kind of he was angry like from a husband wife traditional perspective like you're not about to be the the wife and kind of bring this up about race like how dare you bring up our discussion kind of thing but then yeah I think. But to bring it into that
0: space like that I think is still important but we also have to be very real in another point that this is a reality TV show like he's going to have to you're going to expect him to respond like that to be honest like you need to build a plot within this narrative that you're trying to tell and then in the aftermath is usually the relief he's like oh I get it you know like Mm. that's what happens especially with these reality shows when it comes like marriages Mm. so you know and there's there's a little bit of cynicism in me in regards to that like you know yes this is probably a natural thing but also how much of this maybe was orchestrated Mm -hmm. you know like the his response her response even bringing this narrative into this discussion but at the same time it's also you know you it is important in the sense that I'm pretty sure like a lot of interracial couples are having to have these discussions Mm -hmm. especially older generation ones where it's like you know we we're coming from a generation where it's like Yes, we may have a white partner who kind of gets it but doesn't fully get it, but at least they kind of get it. This dude, well. yeah, you know, and so with this person it's a little bit like he's obviously from a whole other other generation, was obviously isolated, didn't really have much interaction with black people. So there is probably a group of people in that same age who can relate to it. So it's like all these di- like dynamics, but I am Cynical and skeptic Just because of The space in which It happened in Which is a reality TV show mm, that's, a,
3: that's a fair point Actually
0: Okay
1: um, I just want to say uh, Michelle get out Big yeah. Get out Get out too Most she importantly Get out too right yeah. now
0: <laughs> Like get out of that Sunken and place the thing is, it, upsets, it, it, it upsets What's me it?
1: Because I've always been A staunch defender Of Michelle Williams Like people always try And like make jokes About her And make fun of her But like I wanna just make it clear. Michelle has always had her own lane. She's always, she's consistently always had bags, mm. you know, singing for Team Jesus, Team Soldiers for Christ, and <laughs> had a nice run on theatre as well. Yeah, right? no, no, still like she's doing another she, okay. She's doing another Broadway yeah, show well, like, so she's good always like gospel music, theatre. Um she has her own like what home care bedding line or something. She's like. well respected in her days yeah. as well. And um <laughs> Obviously, people have always compared, like, oh, Beyonce and Kelly, they're married with, with with kids. Where's Michelle's? And I was like, okay, cool. Michelle finally found love, and that's great. But now seeing this, like, ugh. Why does
2: that oh. have to be the ceiling for women, though? What? No, Married, no, no. Marriage, <laughs> no, 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 well, no, 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 no. no, no, no. But I'm like, not saying you know, it's a ceiling. People, people
3: would make the comparison. they do anything to undermine Michelle, really. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying And that- I'm not gonna lie, I did laugh, not at the relationship things, but in back in the day, younger twelve. Oh yeah, like, I said. had I'm a not, quick yeah. laugh.
1: But- I'm not saying that's yeah, the ceiling like verb, that. I'm saying that the media- That's what they to, say. W- always compared to Beyonce and Kelly. Of course. Like, of oh, course. where's your husband? Mm. Where are your children? Mm. So,
3: where's your album?
1: Yeah. Mm. And I'm like, well, where's Kelly's album? But anyway, um, mm. we'll do that today. Um, so I'm like, I was like, okay, cool. She found love. That's great. You know, I'm happy for her. I was, she's like a genuinely good person. Generally, she has She, she, she seems like a, a very nice person. Yeah. But then now to see that you're with, as what Malcolm X would call a white devil. Mm. And the, I just I just really didn't like the fact that he called it a low blow. To say something that is so matter of fact, something that's intrinsic to her, black people, like there. Are black ways, womanhood. There's a yeah, way black women yeah, communicate. Yeah. There are reasons why black women are racialized the way they are, and you're like, oh. Um, it's not about race. Let's not it's bring about that we're up. We're people. It's the human race, mm. and all let's ju- eat our mac and cheese and shut up. Yeah, like, you know like, I, mean? I still like, like that. And what I think we're all laughing and joking is, and you know they moved on, but I don't think he gets it. Like, mm. so he understands that it was wrong to bring up our mental health, but I still think he would argue again if Michelle was to bring up Brace, she'd be like, we're doing this shit again?
3: Yeah, if it got too far.
1: <laughs> how yeah. dare you speak
3: about Weave and the, the constructs of getting up in the morning as a black woman? Like, it would just be like... So, yes, yeah, so, Like, it kind of reminds me of Tamara and her husband. To oh. be fair, to be and fair, I'm glad you brought that to hell. be fair. Oh. 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 I'm
2: jumping on that.
1: Because Nick, you retweeted too- something about the relationship between interracial relationships and christianity
2: let me read it because i was about to speak about it so did i i'm joking because michelle's
1: fiance is a pastor so this
2: is the point that i was going to make separately i was just going to read this and then say nothing afterwards so this person said i don't think it's completely unrelated that michelle williams and tamara maori are super christian and are willing to accept white supremacy from their spouses you guys know my opinions on this type of stuff if you follow me on twitter or you know me personally I don't need to say anything well, else. Can
3: I just, <laughs> can I just, can I just can I say anything I else? just want to say that let's not make that whole issue just about Christian. I, I, I think there's a valid conversation. There's a valid conversation. Yeah, yeah. But to minimise black not women- No, it's not absolute. And to minimise black women as solely number one being Christian because there are Muslim black women. No, <laughs> there are no, black women. There
2: that's not that's, th- that's not what it's saying though. That's not what it's saying. No,
3: but you're saying to take that. It's not, it's not, you're saying it's not a- um. A coincidence, it's right? Not. Like, well, it's not. It's not a coincidence. That's the argument. But I'm saying it kind of leans to the argument that Christian black women in general only will will be the only kind of accepting ones of that. Like that no, conversation. It, it and say and that. the comments no. underneath did. It was oh, saying and no, right.
2: that's, that's how people interpreted it. But then it's no. But the an interpretation was very interesting. Yeah, but well, that's their interpretation. But the interpretation from what I received is that. I don't know if I want to go into this It's still today. an interpretation. But the man, idea of Christianity and the whole praising of white culture, that is where the issue lies mm-hmm. in this tweet. It's not necessarily to do with black women and their relationship with Christianity and then white men, etc. Because obviously, okay. I can name a plethora of, of women um, who are black and Christian, but dating black mm-hmm. men and have black families yeah. and stuff like that. But equally, we cannot lie. I just, that did, there, I is just that, to... there is that stigma where there's black people who... Believe in white supremacy, yeah. and it's led through Christianity. Yeah. we can't lie. That is I a just thing. wanted to
3: preface mm. the conversation and say I don't want to make it all about that. Like, do you
2: know what I mean? I but, just want to speak on
3: that. There is a valid narrative in that, and I do. That's why I retweeted it. You know, yeah. that's why I retweeted it because my, I think there's a valid conversation to have. But my only, but issue, I think I just didn't want it to become a discussion on solely that. But my like, you know only, my what I mean? only
2: issue with that is it's it's that whole thing about when we discuss a topic, and this isn't just relating to you because other people said this as well. But it's this whole thing about whenever we discuss a topic, which is a bit too. Clear, close to people's like not necessarily you but other people on Twitter and stuff like that. when it's too close to like people's beliefs and stuff yeah. like that we get a bit too scared and we move away from the topic oh but no this-
3: I didn't want to move away from it not you. we could go into that
2: not, like it's fine not you but I'm talking about people on Twitter cuz I saw those comments in the comment section yeah. as well and I stuff read like the that thing, yeah i think it's a healthy discussion to have because i do think religion as i read in elijah's um recent article he spoke about how 90 sorry 75 percent of black people are christian um in in america in america in in america in america yeah but i think it's important if if that is the case and we do identify through religion so much we do need to actually break down some of the toxic traits that come with believing in a christian european centric religion
3: or just religious or culture around religion as well because i think there's a difference like what i learned when having muslim friends as well is there's a difference between cultural elements that come afterwards in actual scripture and stuff like that so some things have come about because of culture and other and like people around it like specific particularly in um some of the countries that are majority Muslim, the cultural elements will get pulled into it and what actually is said and what's actually followed in um, their places of worship. So I think the same things here, can be said like there are cultural enclaves like for example pentecostals completely different like culturally there'll be t- different cultural facets to roman catholic which will have completely different cultural or protestant mm. there'll be um or mormon in the states there'll be different cultural elements or jehovah witness there'll mm. be cultural elements that are implemented later on which actually if you look at the text or anything like that have no validity right, in yeah. there no. so these kind of ideals and stuff like that about the women and the white culture embracing and stuff like that um and i know you clarified it's not just black women and it's like the, about the religion and stuff but i think some of it's cultural some of it has come about because of cultural some of elements. some of the the things that you're mentioning so the tweet itself that um as it said that um they're not what was it? The two elements aren't related to each other. Um, they, they can't. I don't
2: think it's completely unrelated that Michelle Williams and Tamir Maori yeah. are super Christian and are willing to accept white supremacy from their spouses. So
3: that's what I'm saying. White supremacy isn't exactly a religious element. It's outside of the religion that's been synonymous, has been like led synonymously into the religion. It's not an actual part. Of the religious texts, but it's a part of the culture outside of that, which is ex- which is exclusive to that form. Of no, I hundred percent agree. So I agree. Think some of it isn't just based on text, but it's how that text is then. No, interpretationally, this is so.
2: why this is why it's important to have this discussion because mm. to begin with, you said you saw the the comments and then you used that for the justification of the tweet, and I said. That it depends on the interpretation of the yeah. tweet, so we can all have our own interpretations of, of course, the, the good yeah. book, so the Bible and all of those and things. What it says, yeah, and exactly. Because is, but, religion yeah. is personal, so you can mm. have your own view on religion, how you see it, and what you actually interpret from the book. That's perfectly fine. Mm. My issue is, I do see a connection, I do see a coincidence, and I'm, I. Oh think no, and I see. I, 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 I just honest. want to clarify.
3: I completely see. There's parallels in my. Um, religion, there's parallels in um, other facets and denominations of that religion as well, that um, are problematic. Culturally, religious text-wise, all of that, I'm highly critical but I just say that the only thing I was going to do, I was going to go into that but I just wanted to preface that Number one, it's not all, and number two,
1: that I don't it. think it was the tweet was saying that. Though. But yeah. not all is problematic to me. No,
3: to me, no, to me. Before I said my opinion, I was going to say to me, I don't see it as all but women. Can all I that, saw all that tweet
1: as can speaking I... to specifically those two women. You saw it as speaking to just those two okay. women. Fair and enough, the reason enough. why I think it resonated so well is because I think black people probably have people in their own lives. I know I do. That kind of <laughs> that, <laughs> that kind of marry white supremacist values with. Of Jenny course, and yeah use it to kind of justify the way certain things mm. are, certain structures are yeah in the world. that's what I saw that is yeah. because yeah, we want know to Samir's husband, I believe, is a Trump supporter. Yeah, he
3: is a Trump supporter, and he was.
1: And I think Michelle's fiance. I think, yeah. I think his family are all Trump supporters. Can I just say they, they all, did their background, people yeah. On like social like media. Twitter, did their research. Yeah. <laughs> they <laughs> gotta be
3: part of the FBI. <laughs> That's but what yeah, I said to them. They bro. gotta be part of the FBI, low key, because. Uh, wait, Nick, and then, I and, say, and I think. Wait,
2: and, can I just say one thing, just quickly, just in relation to what, just before I forget, so the not all situation is bugging me a bit because it reminds me of the conversation when we say things to um white people for example and we say like um our oh, racism is really affecting mm-hmm. us and they'll be like "Oh, not all white people yeah that type of not all situation means that we're not really paying attention to the core fact that there is a correlation mm-hmm. and there is just an like issue. with
1: men or men
2: yes yeah, so so yeah. yeah men are, men are trash I mean, no but then there's some
3: no but there's some women just like on state of the culture um scotty beam who said not all men but it's a majority that's what i mean i'm just saying not all just like you're not making an absolute oh, an absolute sorry an absolutist statement but you are t- addressing the majority, if it is to the majority. But as Chope said, he interpreted it as just being applicable to Michelle and Tamira. And some people might interpret it as that. But then the same thing in the discussion, I saw them as interpreting it as alluding to a large proportion of that religion.
2: No, I completely, no, I understand that. But what I'm saying is the, so the Scotty Beam saying not all is in itself is problematic because it's... No, but she, then she still said it's a majority, so it's fine no, to say that because like um, this basically, basically what no, I'm but I saying, think it's
1: common sense. I think we obviously know it's not yeah. every
3: single person. Every that's single what person. What yeah, saying. but yeah. because it's a podcast, I literally just wanted to clarify to everyone: I didn't mean all I, the majority. There is a problem. I am of that religion, so I know there's a problem. Facts, and there's people that I know, like Shopay said, who believe and marry those two but, ideals together. So in the case of Tamira and Michelle, that's why I retweeted it. I do see in their cases that there is a marrying of that and they're not mutually exclusive, like
2: the tweet okay. said. Uh, yeah, I get that. But what I'm saying is we shouldn't have to do not all. Is what I'm fair saying. Enough. Same, yeah, fair same, enough. Same as like how women, when it comes to yeah. men are trash and have to do not all men mm. and stuff like that. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. I just
3: personally felt to just say that. But no, fair no, enough I, understand. I, understand.
2: I understand why yeah. you said it as well. Yeah. Yeah. As well. Um, but, um. But yeah, should we move on to the next topic? Or do you want to continue? I don't,
1: I literally don't. Michelle, that. get out, Blue Ivy, get your auntie, the end.
2: Yeah. boom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
3: dying Okay so last topic for the news uh, So City Girls um, So Young Miami So JT still locked up if you didn't know So Young Miami went on the Breakfast Club um, yeah. During her press run for her new album um, Their new album Which is out now um and she sl- she was slammed for ignorance because if you don't remember earlier this year she said um in an old tweet that she would be- this dumb bitch she- sorry <laughs> she- he's g- we're gonna get to shopping in a minute but she would beat um her son that she has she, you know, she has a son and if he was gay she would beat him up so whoa yeah. she, like you know how parents hit their kids she would hit her kid in that same way do
1: you have yeah. the clip
3: I, I don't and Breakfast Power 105 will probably sue. <laughs> I Heart Radio will probably sue me if I play it. Because, but um no, she lit. clarified. She was you. so
1: stupid. Like she, she was actually an, an ignoramus.
3: That's so it. she basically in her in her statement basically she doubled down on it, saying that. Um and I want to just give a quick commentary after, but because um but um, should I didn't tweet nothing about the LGBT community. Um, in a bad way. And I was just talking about my son. I just said <laughs> that if I saw anything gay in my son, that I'd beat him. So, um, and she said she said like stuff that like she's got a stylist, you know the typical my stuff. Gay. Stylist. My My gay. Yeah, she said I've got a cousin. Because I w- I did watch the full interview. Because as I said on this podcast, I like to watch things for charity. Did it with Azalea Banks. Do it here as well um so yeah she said that and she used her cousin and stylist as examples of people in her life that she has that are part of the lgbt community um but she still doubled down on the fact that she would um be her, her son uh, i have absolutely nothing against gay people but i wouldn't want my beat son to be gay i'm around a lot of gay people all the time my stylist is gay. My cousins gay as i just said um and Charlemagne kind of then just uh, kind of led it into the next discussion because he knew what was happening, obviously. Um, so what are you guys' thoughts on that? I'll give my commentary in a bit, but what are you guys' thoughts
1: on that? I just don't see how anyone with good English skills, good comprehension skills, good reading skills, good listening skills, cannot see that. She contradicted mm-hmm. herself in the same statement. Well, how does she not see that? She's like, oh, <coughs> I have nothing against gay people, but I'd beat my son if I was gay. If he was gay. If he was gay. What? Would- like, cis, like, it's, you've literally just said it. <laughs> you just said, I'm homophobic. I don't understand how you can have an issue with it. And then the comparison she made about her is kind of like, oh, what'd you say if my, m- if your mum said she was going to beat you if you like, It was
3: something she, Something stupid. Like, know, mean- it wasn't in the article. Yeah, like, no, oh, I,
1: I, I it doesn't mean I'm going to beat you, it just means I don't like it. So you don't like it. Whether you beat him or not, what you're saying is, implicitly, you have issues with LGBT people and you don't want that in your, in, but I don't I don't want to say in that as if it's like something you can pick and choose. You don't want your son to ever be gay. I don't understand that. So I'm just going to say you're stupid, you're ignorant, and you don't know what words mean. That's all I really have to say about that. And um, you're cancelled, and I can say I'm cancelled because I didn't care for them anyway. (laughs) Like, like so there are people that definitely problematic that I listen to, but I actually listen to them so I can be like, you know, cancel inverted comments. The city girls, you were great on this on the Drake song, I didn't really care for you otherwise, and um, yeah, that's it. So, deuces, goodbye, and I hope you will flop.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean. Obviously her statement is also just reflective of how we view black masculinity. And, um, you know, the ways in which, yeah, we we still have a very archaic and problematic viewing of how black masculinity can be defined, what it means and what it can represent. And her statement is obviously indicative of that. So that was one thing for me. Um, But then, yeah, it also did make me think of like, we within media we talk about this idea of cancel culture like every day and like what it means and what it translates to and how it functions in so many different ways and you know the reality of it is that she's still gonna like make money (laughs) and like still like get things i would just hope that this becomes a teachable moment for her where she looks back on it and she's like, oh, why did I need to say that in the first place? Mm. Like, exactly. it, it, like if I'm going to bring a child into this world, like, and I love that child, I should appreciate them no matter what. I really do feel mm. that her comments are just uh, indicative of just how black masculinity is still seen, where it's like, no, you can't you can't love another man like you mm. can't mm. do that you know or you know if she were to have a daughter you know you can't be lesbian like you can't be any of that you have to be what is dictated based upon your gender mm. and yeah I, I would just hope that there's a moment of clarity mm. you know for her I just think
3: like it's it's interesting because the other half of City Girls is obviously in prison yeah, Um and doesn't she might know, but obviously doesn't know or under the assumptions of not knowing what her, her um her, duo her the other half her of the duo her counterpart mm-hmm. that's it mm-hmm. has said or done or maybe harmed or not harmed in their career. So it's just interesting that dynamic because I did see a lot of arguments like oh we need to, you know, see if the other one feels like this and all this kind of stuff like that. Which I kind of. Hmm, to a perspective get like oh. you have to kind of hear it out from both sides, but like still one of them is obviously it's problematic and all the thoughts that have just been echoed by Chope and Elijah are completely valid. Um and hopefully it is a teachable moment. I would just say that um I would I was just doing some research into where she's from and obviously she's from the The hood in um in Florida and all that kind of stuff. So I think there were some arguments I seen because I was just like sitter and watcher and I did see some of the narratives and the thing is like we are in this, you know, socially conscious era and you know, um I think to an extent if you're not like a polished artist and stuff like that people get shocked and they're kind of like why would they say that and stuff like but like none of this shocks me like to be honest these are all the back end conversations happening Happening. you think the Migos aren't saying this behind the scenes you
0: think which X, yeah X and they have been they've been called out for it more than, more than once. once you know yeah. like you
3: think half the people in the industry aren't really like it's just it's performative isn't it like a lot of these artists are performative and they say the right things on camera and stuff like that to um, obviously appease their audiences and get the sales and get the great exposure and PR looks and all of that work with certain collaborations and stuff. So I think it's kind of oddly refreshing to actually see someone be that ignorant. It's not great. It's not <laughs> yeah. that great, but it's refreshing mm. to see someone so publicly double down on it to just know that it's such a problem, like still a stigma in the black community. So I think it's great for all these facades and people to just be like, yeah, I'm all for this, you know, every race, every gender and every sexuality and all that kind of stuff. And, peace and love and stuff like that. But it's just a contradiction if you know particular stories about what they've said behind the scenes. So I hope this is a genuine moment that her obviously not her immediate circle, but people who come into her life now, like new friends, new acquaintances, all of that. Even a fucking stylist may like respect her yourself, cousin. Her cousin yeah. Respect yourself to teach your to teach your cousin about all your um your artists that you're working with about what this is and how, why it's normal and why it's a societal norm now and why it has always been, just been hidden Um, and why it's not wrong and why it's valid to still be, you know, to be homosexual, to have that kind of love and still be validated in society. So I think she should learn from this and it's oddly refreshing to see that ignorance. It is oddly refreshing just to see that candid, I still think this, I don't get why it's wrong. Someone come in and save her. We shouldn't be laughing at it. I don't think, I think it's a moment to just have a real conversation in the black community because not even, not that is exclusive to the black community, but I'm black. I know what I've seen in my community. So I know that it's a huge problem. And it's a moment for everyone just to be honest, have that candid conversation. I still don't understand it. I think it's disgusting. I think this is this. I think this is that. Have that dialogue. So then you can be doubled down on being wrong on it. And then you can actually, the people who are open to that conversation have that conversation if you're not open to it then keep being called ignorant and all that until you one day sit in the mirror and be like well what the fuck is this maybe i do need to have that conversation with my cousin you know there is someone in my immediate circle so it was oddly refreshing but still disgusting to me to see um but yeah it was just refreshing that someone can actually have the confidence to not be so performative eden
2: um i think you've all like again said all the amazing points and everything um this just reminds me of a quote which my friend put in a group chat recently which was um children's first bullies are their parents um and i think this is just to anyone who's thinking about having kids at any point in their life you just need to consider that they may not they may not be what you want them to be whether that's um occupational um sexuality or even um when it comes to transgenderism um they won't be what you want them to be. And that's fine. Um, I think a lot of the time we try to control too many people, whether this is through your spouse, through your child or anything, to be what you want them to be due to your values. But just because you gave birth to the child, I know it sounds ridiculous. You do not own their life. You've given them life. So if you give somebody something, they can do whatever they want with it. If you give me money, I can decide how I want to spend it. Um, and I feel like a lot of parents when it comes to homosexuality and stuff like that they feel like they need to decide what the person's sexuality is and that's very problematic um I think as a community we need to change our views on sexuality um not necessarily because I think when it comes to black people a lot of the time we think there's not obviously going back to the not all um thing but there's this thing about the um How do I want to say this? Like, there's an agenda when it comes to sexuality. I've seen it a lot from black straight men, um, even black straight women. Hotep Twitter. Yeah, basically Hotep Mm -hmm. Twitter. Um, There's this agenda that we're trying to basically, um, try to. it's basically being forced on us. Um, And that's problematic, to be honest, that there's this idea that everyone just has to be gay and everything, that that's what like people from the lgbtq community want and we need to have a discussion about that we need to have a very open dialogue and we need to understand where those fears come from to begin with um and equally at the same time there's a lot of um education that can come from just simply having a conversation um there's loads of ignorant statements out there i'm sure if you go back in in the past you've probably like talking to the audience you've probably tweeted something that's ignorant or um, misunderstood something so much that you've been tweeting about the wrong thing used Jamelia as an example who didn't understand what she was talking about but we need to own up to our issues we need to own up to um, the things we don't understand and we're just critiquing because we don't understand them and I feel like this is what's happened with the city girl because I hate doing this and it's it doesn't relate whatsoever. But her statements are reminiscent of a white person talking about black rights, talking about black people in the neighborhoods, yeah, exactly. about um, black relationships. I, don't, I love my daughter. I'm not racist, but I don't want her to marry a black man. I love my son. Don't want her to marry a black woman. All of those type of statements are indicative of hatred that hasn't been really thought out and there's a research there there's an education there that needs to be done um just talk to different people because a lot of the time our main issue is we talk to people that are exactly the same as us and what that does is it means that our experiences they don't change and we don't view life through the way that it's supposed to be. We view life and how we want it to be. We're not exposed to those uncomfortable situations, um, and just have a conversation. I unfortunately haven't had an opportunity to talk to a transgender person about tran- transgender issues, but I'm still doing the reading. I would never speak on transgender issues because I don't know anything about them, and I think that's the world. That's the way the world should be. If you see, if you have an issue with something, talk to the core, uh, let's say issue or the person that you have an issue with or the the um, descriptor that you have an issue with and then figure out if you're right in what you're saying. And if you are, do more research or just accept that this is what you believe, but don't force it on other people. But that's just me. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Let's get yeah. some clicks. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Um, um, I'm tired. So that's the end of the news section. <laughs> How we done that. And now I'll go into the Elijah Watson interview. Amazing writer. Um, I will shout out his credentials again at the end. But what I want to know from you is what inspired you to write so heavily on culture and music combined? Like what brought you to that place mm. as, as a writer?
0: I think, so it started my first piece, and I have to shout him out, Davis Wynn. Mm. Um, he's with Hype Track and Hype Beast. I pitched him a story this had to have been 2000 either 2012 or 2013 and it was a story about how rap was adopting punk aesthetics and um, you know at that time there was a lot of talk of like oh odd futures like punk rap because you know they'd have mosh pits at their shows the whole 666 satanism thing Mm. was associated with like punk and rock music before it ever was with rap and so it it was that that kind of highlighted for me oh there's the the light bulb moment where it was like okay like music yes we know music is a cultural entity and it has a cultural significance but how as a writer how can i actually show that there's an evolution and kind of a lineage how can i connect it to say another genre or fashion or a political movement or a film so it it was really just trying to bring the like put a puzzle together in regards to bringing those two ideas together that i think we think are disconnected when really they're very much connected Mm -hmm. and need each other in order to sustain
3: Mm. and just in relation to um culture and music would you say you have like a writer that you have in mind that does it well and like Mm. who not you model but like have been inspired by over the years because you've been in it for like over five six years now so
0: yeah um for me uh I really liked Hunter S. Thompson and still like Hunter S. Thompson. I like Jack Kerouac. I like a lot of the beat writers mm. because and of course like um who did the Kool-Aid acid test? I think Tom Wolfe. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'll maybe look it up later. But yeah, I just I really liked beat writers because they had this first-person narrative but there was also this kind of journalistic um backbone to it there was the research there was wanting to be immersed in mm-hmm. the environment so they could understand the yeah. environment and therefore be able to talk about it of and course. write about it and then of course I just like black authors you know um, Ralph Ellison like Invisible Man is still to this day one of my one of my favorite books very mm-hmm. good choice mm-hmm. Maya Angelou like all you know um, James Baldwin mm-hmm. the the ones that are necessary and important and through them i was able to see okay you can talk about culture in all these different ways but you can also talk about them through a black lens which is very beautiful you know even in its tragedy even in its sadness and its poignancy there's a beauty of being able to talk about all these things through a very specific lens which is the black lens Mm, so all those writers in terms of journalists or culture writers I love Rimbert Brown. Rimbert Brown, he used to do stuff. No, he still does stuff for a website called Grant. No, Grantland is gone. Now it's The Ringer. He used to do a lot of stuff for Grantland. Um, now he does a lot more for The Ringer. Mm. But I remember he did this kind of like sociological story about being at South by Southwest and watching Schoolboy Q and being in this crowd of nothing but white people saying the N word and like you know i i really enjoy pieces like that like these kind of sociological ones like at this point a piece like that would kind of be outdated but he just happened to talk about it at a very interesting time when i feel we were all talking about this idea of like what does it mean when a white person in this space that belongs to this arguably belongs to this black artist because you came to see this black artist. Yeah. What does it mean when this white person feels that they're allowed to say it in this space? Can they say it in this space? Mm. Do they even think about that going in? Do they not? You know, like it, it's really fascinating. And it that was another one for me where I was just like, wow, you can show the ways in which there, there's this cultural analysis that can be used and, discussed within the context of an artist or music
3: that's really interesting yeah. just one more before i just want to say what what is your thoughts you brought up a really interesting article what are your thoughts about like the culture right now and mm. um hip-hop specifically hip-hop rap r&b a bit um about white players in our space right now as both writers and artists like how how do you think they're positioning themselves do you think it's a problematic time do you think you know, the likes of we were speaking in the car about six nine and like his action saying the N word and maneuvering that space as a white Hispanic, um, a little pump as well. Like what what do you think this space looks like in terms of white people in hip hop?
0: Hmm. Um I don't so I'll start off with the N word. I at this point I just don't really care much. I feel it's a very outdated argument like it's it's going to be said no matter what but in terms of like if a person comes up to me and thinks that they can say that to me in that space or even out of that space depending on how many drinks i've had or how agitated i might be you might get you might we will we'll probably have to square up but (laughs) that's for me personally but in general i'm just i'm past it i it's such a word ingrained in the genre and in the culture that's part of the genre that it's never gonna go away and there's always going to be mixed reactions to it that's just the reality of it you you as a black person you just have to have your own subjective relationship with it and how you navigate it when somebody whoever says it in terms of white people being in rap i mean White people have always been in rap. <laughs> they have funded. They have funded these things. The corporations, like, let's be real. If, if white people aren't rapping, they're funding it. So therefore, they've always kind of dictated mm. and navigated how these things go about. Um, I don't mind white rappers. There are some that, like, I actually enjoy. Mm. Um, but it's also you. You need to be aware, ideally, you, you would be aware of the space that you're coming into and understand that, like, there's some words that you can't say, and you need to accept that. And, excuse me, the the rules maybe that, and I've, I've been, like, talking with other journalists about this, um, I feel that there were rules placed in before that also allowed the regulation of people who came in to be rappers especially like white rappers where it's like you had to have bars you had to know how to rap you know just hearing Mm -hmm. old stories about Eminem and just how Mm -hmm. much he was chastised like I don't feel that regulation is there anymore No, you know know, and and to a degree that's like you know it's it's a it's a bittersweet thing because with the evolution of rap has come some very Interesting ideas from different artists, and some of them being white. But at the same time, I felt that these kind of unspoken rules of rap allowed some allowed us to have some sense of regulation yes. of a genre okay. that means so much to us, mm-hmm. and now it's not there as much anymore. So in terms, yeah, with with white artists engaging rap, like we're also. A mainstream genre now we're the most popular yeah. genre and with that is going to come a lot more freedom and a lot more commodification of this genre because people see that it's profitable Ooh, speak on it you know <laughs> like it, it's it. all you know I, I, I and that's the thing is that because of that I don't think I don't think rap will ever get completely whitewashed because it's such a genre ingrained with blackness,
1: but so was jazz at one point.
0: That's fair. So was that, that is absolutely fair. is that that is, a, that is absolutely. Point. If you look at the Billboard fair. Jazz
1: charts right now, that's a fact. that's that's very fair. That's a fact. And I
0: think about that. I think about that. I and I, I think oh, what separates it though is the fact that rap. When you think of rap, you don't immediately see a white face you think of blackness which the industry has also used as a means of subverting no not subverting undermining its impact and its importance from a cultural standpoint that's such a such a key which is you know like during the reason why i would argue jazz and blues was able to become whitewashed was because of also the the more severe racism that was going on at the time. Not to say during when Rap's inception came, racism was obviously still there, mm. but I think the fact that racism was more explicit allowed them to, to take up to it. yes, mm. yeah, you know? fair enough. And yeah. that's you day. know that's why like I feel that I'd like to think Rap will always there will always be other people coming into it who aren't black, but it will always remain a black genre and also because of the fact of that of just how it's been undermined because oh it is a black genre like still to this Mm -hmm. day we're seeing people disregard it we're seeing artists Mm -hmm. maybe or even you know just Mm -hmm. anyone kind of undermining it yeah you know just undermining it by saying certain things even though we are officially like the most popular genre in the world yeah you know so That was a very long-winded answer, but yeah, I, you know, white rappers can rap. Ideally, they just have a self-awareness. Yeah, you know,
3: yeah, yeah. It's it's unfortunate that it's so melt. Like the lines are so blurred right now. Like and the little pumps and six nines can exist and even have black fans who Mm. pay for their bills and stuff like that, essentially. But Shopee, eh? sorry, there's a yeah. couple of so,
1: yeah. <laughs> I, I think me Nick, probably is going to go back and forth. Mm-hmm. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> go for so, it, go um, for it. Mine is kind of two questions in one. So mm. you've spoken a bit about how you got a start in journalism, but I wanted to know how did the opportunity come to work with OK Player? And what gap do you feel OK Player was filling at the time of its inception? And what do you think it represents
0: today? That's a good question. Oh, that's a fire question. Yeah, Yeah, that's... Wow, that's really good. Um, So how I came into it, a previous editor of mine, when I used to live in Austin, Texas, Ian Ian had sent me a job listing for OK Player. They were looking for a staff writer. And I was like, oh, awesome. Like, I love OK Player. Obviously, love Questlove. And so I applied, and the editor at the time, Edwin, he spoke with me we did like an interview we did like a skype interview first and then an in-person interview where i met another former editor kevin and kevin clark shout out yeah 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 shout out to the (laughs) the homie cavito man and um both of them and then jenny who was like one of the original co-founders of uh of OK player and they all liked me I guess I must have said or done something right because then they were like, "Okay, we want to hire you. And they specifically wanted somebody who could speak about music as well as social justice and activism, Um, which was something that I was beginning to grow more into and become more comfortable with Mm. writing about and discussing. So that's how that led to me joining OK Player. Back then... What they represented, and in retrospect, OK Player has been being called the first black Twitter, which I agree with very strongly. Um, In the message boards, uh, you know, there were just a bunch of different arguments happening, whether it was about music or about, you know, certain policies happening in Philadelphia or in New York. Just a bunch, you know, or books or films or television. And even to this day, those message boards still, there's still discussions, Mm. whether it be about Atlanta or Insecure or Mm. who a person thinks their top five favorite rappers are, yada, yada, yada. So it filled that void while also offering commentary on niche black artists. Yes. Which was very important. It's, It's that that's one of the most important things that it did was just offer that space and that platform for niche black artists and i think as it expanded a little bit more just kind of niche artists in general you know and i think that that's a reflection of like say the roots picnic where it's like quest love curates all these artists and you have you know you'll have like a little uzi vert on mm-hmm. one stage but then you'll have like the indie rock band Deerhoof hoof on another yeah. like that just speaks to his music encyclopedic genius mm-hmm. you know the fact that he can like curate this and he wants it to feel like an experience while you're learning yeah. and that's where that was its significance then and that's its, its significance now like for me i want to be able to not only explore the niche black music but just niche blackness like Mm. that's why i was compelled to write that 666 article because i was (laughs) talking it's really funny like i was talking with um uh my the editor-in-chief of okay player rachel like she's incredible like really pushes me to write some of these stories that i wouldn't think would work but then they do somehow and when we were talking about 666 like there was some visible discomfort but that's because she was, you know, she was raised as well in a religious household. And so it's really interesting to be writing these stories, knowing that there's some subversion happening, you know, in the sense of like, we're writing about things that you normally maybe wouldn't associate with blackness or black yes. culture. Yeah. You know, even recently I wrote about I wrote this story about MDMA mdma yeah Yeah. and and how a black woman um god dr williams i can't remember the first name right now oh monica monica williams and how she's like leading the first ever mdma trial specifically geared towards people of color which psychedelics in general is often associated with white people it's a whitewashed thing even though it came from indigenous cultures so, you know, even having these conversations or bringing these ideas up, you know, people are like, wait, what? Like, we've been about this. And it's like, we've been about this. <laughs> like, we've been about every single thing Facts. that you probably don't think we've been about. We've been about rock and roll. We've been about punk. We've been oh, yada, 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 yada. We've thank been about all of this. We've got the source. Yeah. Call. You know, we we've had it. We've had it for all these things that people don't think we've had it for. And so that's what I want to be able to do. I want to be able to show people and trace the lineage and the evolution and show like we've been about these things, even though you don't think we've been about Mm. them, you know, as just another way of reclaiming things, reclaiming Mm. things that belong to us. I really enjoyed, I had a freelancer, her name is Evan Brown, and Evan Nicole Brown, and I had her do a story about how Rico Nasty is using her I mosh pits? That yo, piece. right? Like she is
3: a great writer. You need to keep her. Like, yo, oh, great! <laughs> like she killed that, that. No, even it's not even about this Rico Nasty. It's just it was such a good introduction to her as a writer. Like she's such a good writer. Like, yo, it was so good. Yeah,
0: like good. I I was so happy because I had came up with that with that idea after I saw somebody write a comment. Under one of Rico Nasty's videos where it was it was a guy and he was like, I've never seen girls mosh. And I'm like, that's really interesting. Mm. And then so that lets me being like, well, who's a part of this mosh pit? It's nothing but women of color, specifically black Mm -hmm. women. That's Mm -hmm. something that you normally wouldn't associate with black culture, this idea of moshing. Yeah. But then so how do what what do they feel like when they're at a Rico Nasty mosh pit? Well, just, and-
2: just to add on to that, sorry. Mm. There's a there's a video on YouTube about um, grime culture, mm. um, and it's called Grime Girls talks about like oh, mosh wow. pits and like how um women in grime are involved with like mosh pits and just grime in general it's a really good documentary just on that mm. point so no, but it okay. transcend you know black, yeah. black experience isn't just
3: one thing like I, it, it, it transcends into different experiences yeah. and mm. it's
1: so true like even if you look at like the whole afropunk aesthetic like that's mm. the thing they've mm. been so like in some ways can kind of see how okay play has kind of led to the advent of platforms like Afro and mm. I mean Af- Punk the festival but also their editorial yeah the stuff mm. they write about because yeah
3: that's true when they
1: first came about and I never wrote an article about this when they first started 15 16 years ago it was a place for black punks for people who black people who loved black rock bands and just mm-hmm. general rock artists and these these are things you weren't associating with so they kind of brought that to the mainstream and then so places like that and I've okay play have kind of contributed to the idea that hate using this this phrase where black people aren't monolithic it yeah. really is a, no, more, but it's true. a multiplicity I mean, to who we are what we like what we don't like mm. um the way we traverse and navigate life so even with the whole sexuality thing like with the whole punk thing there's been black gay people for for decades and, yeah and centuries movements yeah even like yeah. transgenderism yeah
3: exactly yes, like, yes. He was heavily involved in african culture yeah I yes. really don't get why people <laughs> it's actually like I, it, I mean it's a, it's a fact like What's a white thing? I mean, come a rounding. No, oh, no but the, no, just anything that's like not like even people listening to like emo rap music in like high school and stuff. That was a movement. I mean, come on, like on MySpace and all that kind of stuff. There were dedicated pages. It's not just hip hop and rap. Like um, we're known more. We're known for more than just the big cultural things of a time. Like mm. do you know, what I mean, why is emo rap being led by black people right now as well? Like do you know, what I mean, but it like, goes
1: back to what you said about everything being co-opted, So like, look at rock and roll. Like when people call. <sighs> Elvis, the king of rock and roll, but like, yeah, let's like, look
0: who was yeah, behind. Let's look like, at who was he imitating—a like, black he imitating person,
1: right now. <laughs> like, <Let's>, Come <laughs> on, and that's why <laughs> on, when it comes to <laughs> these white artists, that's why I love them, hate them. I love that people like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. They always. Showed love to That's, the
0: very fair. That's true That's, very That's fair. true like, Even
2: Kurt Cobain as yeah,
0: well, yeah Yeah so yeah. Like, yeah. No, the Mi- thing is There's yes. no problem
1: with white artists Mick Jagger, Ronnie is. Wood They'll be like Yeah, Chuck Berry Yeah Sister Rosetta He's the one yeah, like, They would like discuss Ray Charles Tia- Akatina Turner They're like discussing these these people But Didn't David Bowie as well Yeah, David
0: Bowie Oh, uh, David Bowie yeah. was yeah. Ar- David so Arguably one of like The best in terms of like Oh, wow Like Showing you Showing Championing But over time
1: And it's even funny Because I think even me even as a teenager, I used to look at oh, hip hop and R and B is our thing, rock is their thing. But then you go, what well, you grow up, you do your research, and even someone who's been to Afropunk, um, luckily, um, a few times now. There's something really extraordinary about seeing black rock bands. So I saw this band called The Heavy last year, who are amazing. Check them mm. out, by the way. of think. They're like this. It's just really interesting to see that because it's kind of like, even though historically the lineage is there from like the forties and fifties. But like, it was still at the moment, like, wow, a black rock band. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's just like, you just, <laughs> yeah, 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 no. Yeah, no, yeah, no you yeah, kind yeah, of just like yeah. sit back
3: to yourself and it's all these unlearnings yeah. that we really have to do with like, not yeah, yeah, yeah. And then even the people, the people, yeah.
1: there the people there like, so Afropunk obviously is like, you know, does a lot of different genres, but people tend, tend to go there for like the new Ship of acts, the also named R&B b acts yeah. and stuff like that. But like, I love that they always have like a few rock bands there. And there are people there Black people who were there for them. They're not there to see... Mm, exactly. Um, Lil Khan or Kitchener. Yeah. Like, dude, like Who were great, obviously. But people are like, no, I'm here to see this, these guys. Yeah. I'm here to see Bad Brain. Yeah. People like that. But um, mm. what I was going to say, before Nick goes to... Because it's his... I guess it's his time now. <laughs> 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 <I was> gonna, <laughs> not, even, not
3: even just the right organic...
1: <laughs> gonna, oh, sorry. <laughs> we'll We'll get to you in a moment. Wow. What I was going to say was, so obviously you have mentioned that like Questlove obviously um founded um, an <laughs> OK Player. So what I want to know is... um. I'm a, I'm a massive Questler fan. Saw him DJ a few months ago. Oh, hell yeah. Uh,
3: and he <laughs> rambled on about it. You love me. Yeah. Uh,
1: seeing, him, seeing him DJ for five hours. Uh, oh, my God. One of the best pieces yeah, yeah. of my life. I don't know how.
3: Anyone could go to the toilet during that because it's just. Oh, know, I had to at some point. I know, uh, but it's he like, was
1: <laughs> so. To whoever, whoever's listening, if they get a chance to see Questlove DJ. Just you know, obviously it. a great producer, a musician, but if he's seen DJ. Yeah, you the way he must it. create tracks yeah. around each he other. He was yeah. one of the yeah. one of the best yeah. things I've ever seen. But yeah, I was gonna ask. Um, so, how involved is Hinoke Player today, or has he been, or is it just a thing he kind of leaves to the side and lets people get on with the like? How involved is he in OK Player?
0: Mm. So he's, think of him as kind of maybe like the fairy godfather of OK Player. Now he like doesn't really do too much overseeing just because he has so much that he needs to focus on. And also the roots have created their own platform outside of OK Player. Mm. That used to be the thing is that they were very much intertwined. Um, Now that OK Player has kind of grown its own identity... He's it's like allowing his child to flourish, you know, but he'll still pop in occasionally and just make sure that the thing that he helped bring up is still up to par.
1: Mm. Yeah. Have you met him?
0: Yeah, yeah, I met him. I actually met him at Roots picnic. And um, I need UK. to go to. Like, <laughs> we we're, so so dry. Yeah, like, we're so dry. <laughs> when I went to New York this year, all
3: my New York friends were like, You're definitely coming to our Park. You're coming to Ruiz I was just like, We don't have that. <gasps> Next year, maybe 2019. No, honestly, 2019, I'll get back to New York and all these experiences. Like
0: yeah. Well. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. So, what's he like? He's, you know, he's, it was very brief. So, it was just like, Hey, what's up? Like, cool. um, But, he's definitely just like very passionate about his music um and just passionate about sharing and exploring music like i've i've seen him dj as well and it was for what was it for it was for a prince night it was the oh he loves prince yeah he's the, the one biggest prince night. yeah man it was prince. the one year anniversary I'm after upset. prince's death and um i had missed the when he actually had uh dj event the year prince died so i was like i need to go to this one year event and yeah it's just the how i said he's in a musical encyclopedic genius like for sure for sure. seeing that translate though in djing form he was bringing out prince tracks that i forgot even existed and I'm i was gonna like, say the same bro thing. like what like <laughs> he like
1: for when i saw him like that was a common thing throughout the show. He was bringing out Prince tracks, and I knew mm-hmm. this before going in. Like I know he's like the biggest Prince fan, but like, like he was bringing out like the deep cuts. Yeah, He played exactly, like exactly. Lady Cab Driver, ooh, Software, yeah. Yeah, man Like right. songs right. that like it's not like oh 1999 or controversy, but like he um, played any um any Christian. I'm mm. like oh like. And You're getting like, a treat like tonight. like yeah. I'm a Prince fan, so I was like, okay, cool. But like, I can tell people always were like, I don't know these songs. Where's Purple Rain? Yeah, it's, yeah, not, yeah.
3: Every it's not every day. day? It's it's not every day. day. Where's I want to be your lover? But no,
1: it's not every day. I loved that about his Said that as much as it was a party, he did play like a lot more of the obvious songs. He even played some Drake songs, but he really used that as a time to like, teach the audience it's mm. so like he was saying like you don't know about this shit mm. What we'll can come and do now good good yes. i love that yes. i love like <laughs>
3: artists who just know like they they're so immersed in the history of it they're just like this is what you fuckers need to listen to like and this is what our podcast is partly like we're teaching people about different stuff and that's what okay player like you just said earlier as well that's what okay players initial cause was about like teaching people and different experiences and niche experiences so I love that that would happen, and when he next comes over, I'm definitely gonna yeah. definitely yeah, pull gonna cop
1: yeah, it. Because yeah, obviously it's hard, but <laughs> Lady Cab Driver probably is my all-time favorite print song. So the fact that I got to hear it in mm, that kind of same. that yeah, kind of yeah, setting, yeah. it was it was yeah. amazing. Mm. But yeah. Eden. Oh sorry,
0: let no. <laughs> this second lead vocalist It's better be like good, Eden. This so very good. So
2: if the lead vocalist will let me speak for a second, please. <laughs> I'm dying. Thank you, Amarion. Thank oh. you very much. Oh please. But anyway, I'm as dying. I was saying, um, it's a really oh. simple question. Obviously, I'm not a music journalist or anything. I'm very open with that whatsoever. But I do have appreciation for what Nick and Shoppe and all of the music journalists do in the UK because it is a very tough job, um, and we don't really have the kind of breadth of talent. Whoa, we don't really have <laughs> as much of a selection when it comes to artists, is what I meant to say, as you would have in America. But we do have a great scene. We have, an amazing, I get what you're saying. We have an amazing R&B scene, an amazing rap grime scene. But uh, in America, there's more of a selection when it comes to all the different genres and the different kind of artists pockets you can connect to, well. different pockets, yeah. etc. So my question is based on that, really. <clears throat> so in the UK, we have like a massive, what I would call an exportation issue. So when it comes to our key players in the music industry, so that's like all of our rappers, all of our singers, even to an extent now, journalists, um, a lot of our opportunities are kind of being seen as over in the States. So um, Samuel L. Jackson spoke about this in the acting category where he said there's a bit of an issue with um, black actors coming over from the UK to the US. I just kind of wanted your opinion on that. Are there more opportunities in America as far as you know? Or are for example is there an issue is it known by american artists that like black artists or even black journalists are coming over and stealing our jobs or is that an issue or are there more opportunities as this
0: pertains to america america yeah and specifically music journalism that's correct yeah no (laughs) (laughs) like every the reality of it is that like this music journalism life is not glamorous freelance any any person who is creating quote unquote content editorial content it's not unless i don't know maybe you're at maybe you have a very strong following like in the 20,000s 30,000s of followers and like therefore you're able to translate that into you know like becoming an on-air personality for a tv show like jersey jinx from complex and now he's doing state of the union he's he's a great example of um you know a person who just managed to find that niche and happened to get in at the right time yeah you know like very much so but no i would say that it's very it a part of it is who you know as with anything but it's also very much you just have to Go for it. And you have to have a good pitch. Like if if any freelance writer were to come to me, especially for music, but in general, and they were like, I wanna write for this publication, what would you advise? Like you want to make an impression. You want to you want to have an idea that is thinking outside the box. You don't just want to come with, Oh, I wanna interview this person. Like, why would they offer that to you when they have a staff writer yeah. <laughs> like there? You know, it's like give them something that's really going to make them think, wow, this is a really interesting angle and a really interesting way of seeing this artist or this song that they wrote or their album in a wholly different way mm. that the average person wouldn't like. So, for example, like Travis Scott's Astral World, I would much rather have someone who was born and bred Houston than some New Yorker write a review about it because they're going to be able to get the references. They're going to be able to understand that feeling and why this is more of a Houston... This is the most Houston record Travis Scott has made in his entire Mm. career.
2: And it's actually very interesting you say that because just on the back of that point, I think Mm. it was last week or the week before, there was an issue of an article that was released on The Guardian. Mm. Um, It was released by someone um, who... (laughs) Is well-versed in music, but she no. uh, doesn't... I don't believe... Oh, oh. No, oh. When, I, when I say she she enjoys music, because I've i been in similar circles to her, um, but she's not a music journalist. So she enjoys music, but she's not a music journalist. And I think that is kind of the difference that you're speaking of when it comes to somebody from Houston, sorry, um, writing about what they know. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of space, do you think it's much easier to find somebody to write about certain topics, because I think that was the issue with the Guardian um, article, they didn't know Chope
3: kind of Chope kind of mentioned this point and I agree like if they put out a pitch all you have to do is put out a pitch like yeah, but like we all don't you have know. to do is like we're looking for it it depends on if she came to the publication with the pitch or they were yeah. looking for specifically for that topic to be covered by yeah, a black it's a situational. journalist and didn't really mm. do yeah. the research Because she might have gone to them yeah. we don't know and it kind of exactly. looks like they probably did because I don't think people at Guardian have the
1: of course, depth to yeah. think of that kind oh, of. I'm sure thing, in that case, I believe she probably pitched. Yeah, but for them to for anyone to say that there isn't music writers in London or the UK that couldn't have written about that, like not to plug, but there's me and Nick. Like I think Nick especially would have been. I'm great dead. for that. so I wasn't saying <laughs> that. Jesse. Bernard. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, Jesse <laughs> Bernard, <laughs> Bernard. But there yeah, are so many it's, talented. It's, it's, there's there's yeah. Yemi. There's um. Uh, Anifnik Yes guy, Him, him. He's, in our, he's in our
3: chat He's yeah, in our yeah. chat
1: There's a lot, there's a bunch of Great music writers In London In the UK But It's a case of I just don't think Certain editors over here I'm not going to speak For every editor No it's not every But obviously all. Like you said They're like If there's a certain Topic or something artist You would want to get Someone who partic- has, has A particular connection To that artist Or that scene Whereas here It's just kind of like Okay You write on music You can work it out Do research Or just get In terms of a whole Representation thing Let's say it's someone black just Mm. get a black writer Mm. don't know about the nuances about what they write about it's just some
3: black yeah
1: so I think it's great that you do that
3: there was even an article about on the New York Post I think it was a couple two days ago very similar topic actually about R&B and um, the changing shifts it was like two days ago and it was it only featured light-skinned singers like it was only featured like Ella May her and like two uh, Georgia Smith and two other light-skinned girls and then uh like one dark-skinned he dark skinned Who was the dark skin? Um male. Uh, it was uh who was it? Oh god, what's his name? His name. Yeah, it was there was one black male, like oh. actual black, and then there was just lighter-skinned women. Women. Mm. Oh, so wow. I was just kind of like that's super problematic because so even a dark-skinned skinned like, woman. No, wow. no and in the article no dark skin representation wow. at all. So it's just about getting the right writers and people who actually want to... And I think the the journalist was white, so you'll yeah. know what, how that goes. But yeah, I think it's about getting the people versed. I'd much rather a person who knew the street lingo and stuff like that. Just like if a New York project came out, um, I'd rather a New Yorker write a piece about it, like on the big publications, even though it would take away from writers' pockets in general, but it's like it's giving to someone who actually knows what they're talking about. And it can unless be a positive... The, unless maybe.
1: the pitch is... Um, USP is the fact that it's not from that perspective yeah unless cool. it's a That's unique true. take yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. unless
3: it's a unique take and stuff like that but I'd still rather someone in the culture and who understands the album to
1: eat. so um, obviously my introduction to OK Player was because of its ties to so we spoke about Questlove so, and the General Soul Aquarians Collective and I'm a huge fan of all those guys in that collective so I was gonna ask you um what do you think made that collective and that era? And by the era, I mean, obviously, I guess they're still always will be tied. But I mean, that era of when the, between 99 and 2001, when Life for Water Chocolate came out, Mama's Gone, Voodoo, Things Ooh, Fall Apart. So what do you think made that era so special? And what was your favorite album from that period? Oh, fuck.
0: Because all of them are fire, I should have right? known that was going to be all one of them the questions. Fire, wow. Yeah, so, so that's my that's big question. Hard. So I'll I'll begin with the easier part, which is <laughs> <laughs> that I I just think it was a, a almost a serendipitous thing that was obviously meant to be. You know, Questlove just once again just being this this man who's constantly in search of good music, specifically like ingrained in soul and funk and R and B, you know he was the connective tissue you know he basically did drums in production for every single one of those albums and so he was the literal connective tissue for badu for d'angelo for Bilal, for comment every single one of them and the fact that he also managed to be this curator of sorts to bring them all together and you know and at the same time, there's just like a bohemianism to it. Like, mm. you know, if you read the interviews or the videos in which he's talked about so he's like, yeah, we just rented, you know, we rented electric lady. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember the length of days, but I imagine it was quite an amount of time and you know, people would hop in and out, like they yeah. hear, they hear a beat. I want it. But then it's like, if you were trash, they gave that beat to sort like, what was it? D'Angelo's uh, chicken grease. Correct. Correct.
1: That was on, that yeah. was be on Cummins album.
0: Yeah. And, you know, the beat was so fire that he was like, I want that. And he proved that he deserved to have it, you know. And I think that that was a cool thing, too, was the um, the 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 competitive energy surrounding it only made them want to make sure that they you know, it spoke back to what I think is a very important element of rap and hip hop culture, which is that competitiveness that you can still be competitive without having all this like uh, Ties to masculinity and like, I, I think that there's that There is a, That bravado is Important to the genre And I think Especially in that way Like I can only imagine Them being like Oh you rap like that Like that's what happened With um What was it The There's a Track on Voodoo That Q-Tip Was supposed to rap on Left and right Yes so he was whack But yeah He was whack So they got meth and red <laughs> <laughs> They got meth and red Bro like And that's You know That's what that environment like? It was like you better come with your A game. You better come with good and ideas. Cute. See, yeah, and, and that and that only makes you think like, dang man, like your voice is like butter. Like, what is going? Like, what is? And he's like, one of the great Yo, for real. Listen. And so you Ooh. know, it just it, I feel like it was very serendipitous for all of them to come together and to bounce all these ideas off of each other, and to bring it to now. you still see each one of their, like, everlasting influence, even if if an artist doesn't even realize their influence Yeah, sometimes they don't. Yeah, like, you know, and I think that that's the fascinating thing, is that with OK Player, it's such an old entity. It's been around for so long, and it's covered so much, you know, more than I even knew that it did. But within that, like I said, my, my job is to trace the lineage and the evolution, Catronata is today's J Dilla of sorts.
4: Mm, I see it. I see that. Of
0: sorts. I see that. You know, the versatility, the playing around with with beats and production and timing. Like, but then you also have literal drummers. Like there's um his name is Mike Mitchell and he's out of Dallas. And then you also have another drummer, his name is JD. Both of them like young. But like they manipulate timing that is reminiscent of Jay Dilla. Like just like a kind of sloppy drunk drum where it's more about the feel and not necessarily keeping time. So you see the lineage. Erica Badu, like Trippy Red follows Erica Badu on Instagram. I'm like this this <laughs> this woman's influence goes so much. Like she's one of those everlasting, to me, an everlasting influence where it's like she had an aesthetic but she also she had a compelling aesthetic but she also has incredible music that just stands the test of time and makes younger generations feel welcomed into it mm-hmm. they feel a part of it and so that whole era just cemented what they were all capable of just brought together i think it was just too intense for them that's why it, it dissolved you know mm-hmm as sometimes we see with music collectives they don't end up lasting too long and i think a part of that may just be because that moment you just capture so much at once that what more do you need Mm. to do like we can we can separate like i'm i'm they're all still cool with each other. Yeah, you know they didn't. Yeah, they will you know? always
1: be tied to each other. Exactly, exactly.
0: and you'll exactly. always be able to look at that Soulquarians moment like as wow, this was a very this is a very pivotal moment for Black alternative yes, music. Yes, for sure. You know, sure. like it's it, magical it's, when you look back sure. on it. Yeah, like, like, magical. Like truly incredible. And,
1: and I think Questlove said there was a, there's a lot of footage of that time. He said. He wants to make a documentary about Ooh, that time between be great. 9 and 2001. And then obviously, you sort of know him. So, if yeah. you want to tell him to hurry that up, plug that. I will definitely, I will definitely, AO Quest, hurry up, bro. Um, I know D'Angelo has like some of a mini group documentary. Mm. And Eric Badu has done long interviews about that time. But mm. I would love to have a documentary about that time span and mm. recording all those albums.
0: But yeah, so yeah. what is your
1: favorite album from that oh period? God. And I want to say <laughs> real real quick,
0: I want to say real quick that, yeah, I also feel oh, that shit. Soulquarians are an underrated music collective. Like, I feel that real ones know, but their impact should be known a mainstream. lot more. Yes. It should be. You know, mainstream. I feel that, like, a casual, the casual listener should also be aware of Soulquarians just because how integral they were to just all these different albums and pushing each other to be the best that they can possibly be artistic Um, excellence yeah and favorite one
1: my favorite album this is
3: this is gonna
0: be i'm actually gonna get the
1: list up of all the albums this is gonna be really
3: interesting
1: because every album—it's about eight albums, right? Do you know what? Yeah. Read them out
3: for our listeners, because okay. some people don't know about yeah, this time. This be a good introduction and then to once they get on Spotify and play, then they can come back and hear what the. Because
1: I know, I know what my—I have two favorites. It's hard. Like I can say, list the guys you were listening. Every album that came out bet- hard between that period is yeah, man. classic. It's,
0: yeah. Classic.
3: <laughs> Why are we still talk about them because they're classic? <laughs> Do you know what I
1: mean? So the albums that all came out from this period between 1999 and 2002. Okay. So we have The Roots, Things Fall Apart. We have D'Angelo, Voodoo, Common, Like War for Chocolate, Slum Village, Fantastic Volume 2, which is one of my top two, um, Erykah Badu's Mama's Gun, First Firstborn Second, The Roots for Renology, and lastly, Common's Electric Circus. Mine was Voodoo. I forgot Mama's Electric Gun. Circus
0: was a part of that era. That was a very
1: polarising album for, for, for Mr. Common. That's yeah. Very, very polarising. Yeah. yeah.
0: I think I'm going to have to go with Mama's Gun.
1: That's mine one too.
3: One of my favourites as well. That's yeah. my number
1: one. But we all got one.
0: And
3: yeah. Then, yeah. Number two. <laughs> like, mine's VG. My second, Voodoo. My God. second
1: Islam Village Voodoo.
0: I. Okay. I'm honestly going to have to go. I'm going to have to go with Electric Circus.
1: Interesting. Yeah. That's Before interesting we get into that, well. Eden, what's your favourite of those? A you you,
2: YouTube section. No, I've have have, I've heard okay, all of it. Cool. But this is YouTube. No, you talk. Cool. <laughs> I, I think we should all I have you, like, you didn't watch your favorite. At least
3: one favourite
2: So Mama's gun is up there. Um I'll probably say Electric Circus as well, to be mm. honest. But that's me. Continue. So
1: why is Electric Circus. Actually no, why is Mama's gun number one? And then we'll go to Electric Circus.
0: I feel it was Erica. Being very bare, obviously that was like a breakup album. Um, Green Green Eyes. Re-listening to it as an adult, I'm like, wow, like it's really powerful that you made these three movements, and you each and each one reflects why we like her so much. Like the fact that you know she's kind of being a little petty. So there's a self awareness of like this is what happens when you break up. Like you're not just gonna be like, hey, I'm cool. Like we're cool. No, you're going to feel some type of way and be like, oh, you think, like, she's cool. Like, like Booty is great to me. I just... Oh, I, I love this that booty. song. And I was like, bro, like, you... This is, like, a rap diss. Like... <laughs> no, but know? that's
1: actually... She's actually, like, empowering women. She's <laughs> no, saying absolutely. that... she went in. She's absolutely. saying, I could take command, but I won't, because I see something in you. I want yeah. you to do better. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Like, I could take command. But out. at the same time, yeah, but at the same time, also, just being very <laughs> real and self-aware oh, that, day. like she was at, talking there, that at, shit yeah that you know she, like that song's humorous humorous like, fuck to me it like you know in the fact that she was kind of just like bringing i think the most important thing about sequarians is that, that song, there was always it was a circle of <laughs> funk jazz soul and r&b and how all these things were ingrained and interconnected yeah so like it, it's like her just like being like a modern day billy holiday like just like I'm just, go- instead of singing, I may rap some bars about this heartbreak that I'm feeling, mm. or I may sing about mm. it. Mm. And it, it's just really cohesive and very rich, lyrically and sonically.
1: The instrumentation on that album is crazy, crazy. Like, she had flutes on yeah. and um, harpsichords on, like, you know, Kiss Me On My Neck and Green Eyes. But anyway, quickly, so why is Electric Circus number two?
0: Just very ambitious in regards to Common and come close is one of the greatest songs i think has ever been made like come close is beautiful to me i'm really like that's a song that makes me glad that i have ears and i can hear it was very ambitious for common so okay Can I just yeah. say, Shopee is editing this
2: episode.
3: I'm and sorry. I, and I continue, <laughs> Nick. <laughs> so, just taking it back to your um, most some of your most recent articles, I would say my story with you kind of began this year when I saw your Vic Menta piece. Yes. And then I went back to most of your work on OK Player, and I just fell in love, to be honest. Like, the way you mix culture and music is second to none in terms of our journalism and i just wanted to preface that before i asked the question so mm. first of all in rap is in its never-ending decline of western civilization on social media that's the name of the article guys just for context i just wanted to ask you so the case in the article is that rap is in its version of the documentary's decline of western civilization so this is directed by penelope Spheris, and mm. she's done two editions before that but you argued that rap is its version of that that documentary so I wanted to unpack that a bit and say what do you feel like that entails like in our I know you put it in the article but do you think it's Problematic the times that we're in the the evasiveness of social media how much of the um artists because you argued that the artists are in the director's seat now so we see all the ugly the good the bad mm. do you think that that's a good thing we're at so you even mentioned six nine he's the face of the cover um do you think that it's a problematic time for the likes of him because you even argued that he's in a bit he could for better or for worse get himself in a spot of trouble so. Where do you think we are with this mumble rap enclave, this mainstream, this mainstream sorry rap enclave as well, um, and just the different pockets existing right now and how people use their social media within that space?
0: Mm. So yeah, when I that story was very much highlighting the fact of, I guess the the desire of vulnerability we want to see in artists today because we feel that we have access to it when really it's a privilege. It's yeah. a privilege to be able to engage and view whatever these artists are curating for us. And the decline of what the beauty, the twisted beauty of decline of Western civilization was the fact that you feel like you're getting these intimate, you know, um, unfiltered experience with an artist. And, but you get that every day now with rap, but to a degree it can be, bad, depending on what they're showing, you know, depending on what they're expressing or conveying, you know, and I think I, I can't remember the main artist that I speak about in that article, but it was about um, how, you know, he,
3: oh, the viral star. Yes. Bunk gang. There we go.
0: boonk gang. boong gang. gang. And, yeah. you know, that Bunk was the. Is what incited the idea because I'm like, wow, you remind me of that scene in Decline of Western Civilization, yeah. where dude is like lying in a swimming pool, drinking a whole bottle of vodka. Like, you're just you're. I don't know if you're doing this because of this idea of clout. You know, you, maybe you're feeling some type of pain, but you're just you're documenting this and sharing this to countless people. Mm. And you know to a degree that speaks on how us as viewers that's kind of we just want to see these people doing certain things and also you know our expectation of seeing that um, but I don't I don't know if rap is in a chaotic state right now because of that I think rap has maybe arguably been chaotic as with anything any yeah. kind of genre and any subculture within it we're just more it's more accessible to see that chaos and it's more access, it's more easy for the average person to document and therefore become a part of documenting that chaos mm. you know it's it's become more accessible where we see different fights or we see different feuds playing out because of an Instagram live or like i said just it could just be some anonymous person taking a video of 6 9 engaging with somebody and yeah. then they get into a fight. Um, so it feels, I think it, it feels amplified because we have more access mm-hmm. to all these incidents and these altercations. I don't, and I'll lead that on to say that I feel a lot of people think that rap is going kind of downward because of all this and of also because, uh, because of the content Um, the lyrical content, maybe even the sonic content, but I feel it's very cyclical. Like this is just, you could argue that we're in a strange, like new metal alternative rock grunge phase, you know, like you, that's, that's people have to remember that rap is a young age. It's only 45. It's Mm. only technically 45 years old. It still has so much growth. It still has so much evolution. Mm. But because it's such a strongly black and is known as a black genre, seeing some of this change can be very jarring because a lot of it is kind of going against what we have been conditioned to think rap is. The The big problem with evolving is that we're seeing something change that we didn't think it would ever be yeah you know and i that that speaks to to a human concern is that as we evolve even within ourselves as we change we may get to a point and we look back and like wow like i've grown to be this or i'm glad i grew out of that Mm. or you know oh i feel i want to redeem this part of me as i as i evolve and that's i think that's the thing that we're coming to terms with as rap is growing and evolving is like what does rap mean and what and how are the ways in which we're allowing it to change Mm. and grow and i i personally enjoy it i find it very fascinating i i don't i wish it could exist without these feuds and this and the chaos and the fights but in terms of just what artists are doing how they're manipulating their voices how they're creating to me a very post-genre type of rap is very fascinating yeah will it last i don't know yeah. um i i don't know if some of And I guess, you know, and that also speaks to a generational difference, as we're also witnessing within rap, too, is like, what does timeless mean? We may Mm. think that this music isn't timeless, but to a teen, he might, they might still be listening to Trippy Red or Mm. Lil Uzi Vert. Yeah, they call it the
3: Lil Wayne of their generation. And that's wild, you know, know, and that's a wild thing. Yeah, it's wild to us. We're we're becoming the old heads, like we are, and it's uncomfortable and it's weird. But, you know, there's a new generation and I keep, I reflect that, I reflect on that all the time. I'm like i can see it i see the younger kids my cousins for example the new artists that they mentioned is being prolific and highly great and respected and i'm like wow
1: mm-hmm. this
3: is mm-hmm. this is what it is but yeah. to the old heads who are older than us they thought Lil wayne who's that like you know what i mean to some of them like what the fuck's that like it's crazy to think that some of these artists are heralded on the same level
0: but and yeah it's it's, the music and i think it's really important because when when we get on that topic like we think that these artists are being disrespectful to rap. And depending on how you view it, Mm. you may think that that's the case. But I think the real thing that we need to speak to is the fact that like, we're just understandably uncomfortable Mm. with how it's changing Mm. because we never fathomed that it would become this. And what this is, isn't necessarily bad or good. It's just something that we never would have fathomed. Facts. Yeah.
3: Just one more, just for fans. Mm. Um, I was just gonna say, you come are you living in New York right now or yeah yeah. I was gonna say who from New York do you think is mixing music and culture quite well, who a lot of people may not necessarily know about. Like who who's an artist from that area that you're really messing with right now? Ooh. Wow. If anyone, if not, you can widen it uh, to America or where you like came from, like states and stuff like that. Yeah. Um
0: so there's one and they're not a rap group. Um not they're not a part of rap at all. And I'm actually wearing their shirt. It's a punk band called Show Me the Body. It's like three three Jewish white kids. Um but they're like I don't know, imagine if like Beastie Boys didn't go rap and went punk as yeah. they originally intended. Like like that, but they're also very socially aware and they include people of color within their shows like they make an emphasis to like really promote and uplift people of color through their music and through their platforms. And like I, they remind me or they make me, they're a good idea of what I imagine New York was in like the seventies and eighties kind of just like kind of chaotic and like, but you're just still having managing to survive within that chaos, you know, them. But then in terms of rap, I will say in terms of rap, hmm, in terms of rap, not from New York, but I will say, honestly, no, okay, so funny enough, okay, he's not even a rapper, but he's... He blends culture and blackness really well. And he kind of just came out with, with a, 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 I guess you could say maybe a parody of a song. But his name is Zach Fox. And he used to go by the name Booty Math. And he was associated with Awful Records, all of them. He's kind of like this comedian. He's hilarious. Um, but he, to me, he's like this great idea of, of black comedy. Mm. Um, and black culture and he just recently came up with a song called square up and it's just it's it's basically it wants to be our generation's knuck if you buck which it very much well could be because mm-hmm. it's just very intense and just makes you want to fight people um but i just i really like what he does in his versatility and kind of just showing the interconnectedness of like all these things, black culture, black comedy, yeah. rapping. And yeah, Zach Fox for that's sure. That's
3: dope. That is dope. So that's all I have to ask. Um
0: yeah.
3: thank you for being an amazing. <laughs> well, hold on kid. actually. I just
0: want to ask him quickly. Oh, oh yeah, whoa, uh, whoa just, oh, Eden. Oh, Eden. Oh, He's about to cut all this and just have his last <laughs> uh, question. Yeah. No, um,
2: so I'm I'm very appreciative of the fact that on this show, we play to each other's strengths. So obviously, these two music journalism they obviously have like the very important questions. I think my role in this is I ask like all of the mental health and those type of questions. Mm. Um, no,
3: but you you ask really good questions. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I appreciate it. Really that.
2: That, that, that wasn't an insecure thing, by the way. It was just me just saying. No, I know. Oh. <laughs> just because <laughs> you're not a journalist
3: doesn't. Mean like you're
2: pretty, you're pretty too. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. But um. I want to do, like, some hot seat questions quickly. Okay, yeah. Do you know what hot seat questions are?
0: No, what is that? So
2: it's basically, I ask a question, you say the first thing that comes to your mind, without any context whatsoever, and then, um, yeah, so we just do that. So we'll do that for probably about a minute or so. Okay. So, UK rappers, you got a favorite? Skepta. Okay, favorite Skepta song? Ooh, shut down. Okay. Um, Let me think. Favorite Favorite
0: publication? Thank you <laughs> <laughs> I'll be very biased Okay player
2: Okay Um. What else Let's think favorite What about
1: if not, a <laughs> <What did laughs> not? <Favorite laughs>
3: really, I just <laughs> want
1: to hear Favorite publication He's, That is
0: isn't okay yeah. player Favorite publication I feel
3: like I know What you're going to say Because you said it We spoke about it earlier but.
0: Favorite publication That is isn't okay player <laughs> The first one that came to mind Um. Pitchfork
3: mm. Ooh. Good okay. choice
0: okay. It's mm. a very good choice uh, Nas or Jay-Z Nas
3: real one, come on, anyway, go.
2: Okay, um J. Call Kendrick. Oh, Kendrick. I
3: knew that, that as obvious.
2: J. Cole Drake. who Drake. Okay. Um anyone else got any
0: hot seats? Um Mel- Al- Outcast or Tribe.
4: Fuck! <laughs>
0: Oh, why <laughs> would you do? Oh my God! Last thing you that came to your mind is tribe, bro. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, Tribe uh, forever. I was Mid- hoping I'd die before I'd ever have to answer forever. that question. <laughs>
1: Midnight Murders, shits on most people's Nick, discovery. five seconds left.
2: Any questions? I was just
1: gonna say LMA or Georgia Smith. Oh, oh. God. Come on! Is that the last question? <laughs> <laughs> I Had to do it. I had to be generic. I, th-
0: I think I'm gonna have to go with LMA.
1: That's, okay. you know, and that's fair you know I
0: yeah. okay that is our episode for today guys
2: as I said Shopee is editing this episode <laughs> so if it's a bit low it's not our fault Shopee is learning from YouTube it's perfectly fine um, <laughs> I just want to throw an update out there in terms of Squat Studios so just a reminder Squat Studios is a marketplace for recording studios if you're an artist a podcaster or anyone who's interested in making music or just a vocal um, artist feel free to just use our app you can just book a recording studio through there um, this episode will be out On Tuesday at 8am Obviously you're listening to it now Any other updates Twitter Instagram Subscribe is
3: All playlist. of that Review
2: yep. All of that Oh we haven't said this in a while Our socials Eads McKenzie I am Mr. Scott Soppe Showerton Soppe I said shoppe did, did I say shoppe I swear I said shoppe Yeah I, do, I, 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 like <laughs> I swear I said shoppe I didn't understand. Okay, sorry. I've got the first lead
0: vocalist. Sorry,
2: Um, and (laughs) Elijah yourself. Sorry,
0: Um, at Elijah like the Bible. Elijah C Watson.
2: (laughs) Do you know you're the first person that has done that? Because I used to say Eden like the garden. (laughs) 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 I'm
0: dying. I'm dying. (laughs) Wait, is that your handle? no that should eden. be your hand but my name is eden, eden like yeah. the garden but my name is eden so like
2: usually people are like what because yeah. black people don't usually have like, no, yeah. like, something I know. like that. guys follow
3: him he writes amazing pieces thank you um, review us review us review us yep star us all of that subscribe we now have spotify and yeah just leave your comments leave your comments about this episode
1: and check out our playlist yep that's now streaming on spotify that's all I
2: have brilliant guys thank you for listening enjoy the rest of your days and that is all boom